Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of the Puckle Podcast. I'm your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my spectacular co-host. We've got the one and only Dr. Shamu. Hello, been a while. (laughs) And we've got uh, Seth Vilo. Hello, it hasn't been a while. It's been a week. (laughs) It's It's been a whole week. Woo! Woo. Uh, all right, but welcome to the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name we came up with in 2007, where we talk everything Pokemon from the trading card game to the video game to everything in between. Today's trading card game, so uh, Woo. I apologize in advance, I guess. Uh, ha ha. Uh, Jokes on y'all. <laughs> ha 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 All right, so, like I've started every show, what, what have you guys been up to lately? Anything fun? Anything cool? Uh, Shamu, if you got anything, we'll let you go first. I really haven't done anything. much, honestly. I've been just kind of <laughs> living. I think the biggest thing I've I think the biggest thing I've done since the last time I was on was I I revamped the PTU sheet. Yeah, that's true. Not yeah, that, you did. Yeah. Holy mackerel! I learned Excel. For those of you at home, <laughs> that is uh, Pokemon Tabletop United. The uh, essentially right. Pokemon D and D. Yeah, it's awesome. Look it up. How to play it? It's fun. It's yeah, a fun it's, time. It's a good time. That was my main undertaking left since I've been gone. And you did a, you did an incredible job with that. My God, the amount of Excel yeah. learning that you had to have done through that. <laughs> Excel is fun. It still wasn't as bad as sharpness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was. <laughs> I, 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 lo- little story. Uh, initially with the whole Paldea stuff coming out, updating the sheet, someone, uh, someone did some work on it. And then when I was like trying to test some builds, I realized stuff didn't work, and then I looked into it, and I'm like, oh, half the stuff isn't implemented. Cool. <laughs> I guess it's on me. And I decided to take up on, like, getting sharpness coded, and then I lost eight hours of my day yeah, <laughs> getting I'm that working. it was cool. only eight. You still have, like, we're, we're fearing the day that one of us finds a Pokemon capable of having sharpness. We're all just sweating. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I, I think the most irritating thing was I didn't, because it was like, too early in the equation, even though it was in line with everything else, it does the exact same thing. Oh, and That yeah. was the problem, and that was like, I don't know why it was the problem, but that was the problem. Mm. It is what it is. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, that's fun times. Well, did you do anything, Seth? Anything cool on your end? Uh, not really much in the last week. It's just been a whole lot of things on my end as far as getting work stuff, a whole lot of just random deadlines and things like that, so not a whole lot of leisure type activities but you know kind of like shamu just living just yeah. doing it 
You were Happy you were summer. cutting down a tree last time I talked to you, so Yes, I was. And yeah, yeah. that has been cut down and it's a good thing I cut it down because it was very dead or, or <laughs> it had a fungal thing from what I was googling and when I had cut into the branches and saw that the heartwood, the core part of the tree was just a really off color. It was it maybe had a year before it fell on its own. So Yeah. Yep. Cool, did that. Cool. All right. Well, for me, well, we've won. We hosted the Puckle League night. Heck yeah. The first Puckle mm-hmm. League night where we had a bunch of people show up on the Discord server and we just played an IRL, like in real time, not IRL, but in real time, yeah. IRT, IRT, uh, sure. Pokemon tournament <laughs> for TCG Live. And that actually, we actually had like a good number of people show up. Like, yeah, I told myself, I'm like, if eight people show up, this is a success. And exactly eight people showed up. So. Yeah. I mean, technically nine, if you count the fact that Claude subbed in for yeah, me that's after, true. Uh, after that's true. I did round one and had to keep going, cutting down my tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So we have another one for the TCG at least planned, uh, I think for sometime early August right now. And so definitely show up to that August 6th. That's what we have sometime on August 6th, either like noon or 430. I haven't decided yet. Uh, we're going to do it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good time. I'm very excited to do it. We'll give out the codes. I'm working with some other yep. people to see if we can get a VGC for variant of this working as well. Because mm-hmm. I think that would be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, these are awesome. I liked it. Yeah, it was a good time. I also went to the Pokemon Center in Columbus uh, last week. I didn't tell people, mostly because I don't want people to know I was going. <laughs> I feel like you said it somewhere, at least in the Discord at some point. Oh, on yeah, the Discord I, I did. On the Discord is fine, because if I say it on the show, yeah. then like people I don't talk to show up, right? <laughs> Uh, if I say on the Discord, like, worst case, like, somebody that talks in the Discord that I'm at least vaguely aware of will show up and mm-hmm. say hi to me. And so, that, which is fine. I just didn't want, like, a mass crowd or anything. I, I, like, I don't think that highly of myself, but I also, I don't like it when people <laughs> just, like, randomly show up and, like, say hi to me. It's it's just very, it's very weird. I don't like the parasocial relationship. Know how that is, and then they talk to me and I don't realize who they are, and then after the fact, I'm like, oh, well, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm yeah. finding out, and it was just like, hmm. You know that meme where it's like, you got $40,000, I got 4000 4000 I got 400 You guys are getting paid? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how I'm feeling at the moment. You guys yeah. are getting... <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it's just like a lot of people that just show up sometimes. Yeah. And, and we'll just try... It's weird. It's very weird. But... So I went and I uh, I tried... I just went on Sunday. I didn't go like during the main competition... I was a little oh, upset okay, because yeah. by the time I decided I was going to go, uh, spectator passes were already sold out. Because mm. I'm like, I'll pay, I'll pay $10 to go like do some f- futzing around and like play some Pokemon tournaments, mm. play in some side events or something for the last day. Uh, but unfortunately, they were sold out. There, there was nobody there either, which was the made it worse. Mm, like, yeah. I, they could have totally just let me walk in and nothing would have happened. Oh, well. But oh, well, I mean, I got I saw some of my other friends uh, from Columbus there as well. Hi Matt, hi Mason. And <laughs> they they were there as well and we we met up. They went to the Pokemon Center. They were they don't know like a lot about Pokemon, but they do know Jigglypuff. <laughs> hey, that's one. Only 1007 to go. But 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 do they know Jigglypuff from above? They do know that's about true. Wigglytuff. They do know about Wigglytuff. They do know about that. Uh Matt brought his wife Paige. Hi Paige. She uh <laughs> she was like she got really into the idea that I like run this podcast that day. Uh, <laughs> And she like she's listened to an e- a couple episodes since then, and oh, it's been it's been funny uh, listening to that experience 
but yeah, it was, it was a good time. I, the only thing that really disappointed me was like the NIIC specific items got sold out very quickly, apparently, and people were scalping uh, yeah. them, which was kind of dumb. Like, I don't understand it. I don't think there's that much draw to being like, Hey, here's a NAIC 2023 deck box and reselling it. But I've got it at deck box to that event I didn't go to. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. It's weird. But the issue with that collector, then like I've seen some, yeah. the, it's world stuff. So it was not in the same level, of course, but like some of the like world yes. stuff sells for like five times the price of it, like buying it otherwise. World stuff I can kind of understand the idea, but like NAIC, I feel it's like discount scalpers. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it feels. It, it totally is, but it's also people who like, oh, I can get double my profit back. For, I can get double, like, what I put into this. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, you know? like Yeah, I know. Well, apparently what happened was, like, the first day some guy walked in, like, first res- reservation in the morning, like, walked in and just bought every single playmat, and then they had to put the one per customer thing. Yeah, I got, like, 40 of them in one transaction yeah. or something like that. Someone ruined it for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, insane. Like, this year's a little bit different, too, because they put Eevee on everything. Oh, that's, that's probably yeah. why it actually did. That's you know? part of it. Just- that's, no, that's part of it for sure. Is it like last year we got like the Galar starters on the box? Yeah. No one cares about them Gross. really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I was just like, eh, okay. This year it's like evolutions. I'm kind of bummed about that actually. I was really hoping for Paul Day and just lapping Sprigatito, Fuecoco and Quaxley on there because honestly, uh, the colors they use for those guys, right? Like the green, blue and red. This is like a very like weird thatch thing. <laughs> this is like they use different types of colors each generation when they pick like a green a red and a blue for the three starters and honestly they p- chose poorly for galar they chose very poorly uh but this yeah. time around like the green and the blue are just like a bit more vibrant and, and it goes with the red really well mm. it, it it's just very good all around okay yeah fair i enough. get that yeah no because like the galar yeah. starters never really yeah, popped they, or anything they were no. just kind of like there these pop the Paldean ones because yeah. they the thing is like they had the art as well because I at least picked up a magnet I got a magnet for NAIC and it was the Paldean starters on it and it looks fantastic and I'm really sad that that wasn't the playmat yeah I would have been so over it if that was the playmat instead of the evolutions like I don't care about Eevee like Eevee's a cool concept but uh, I guess they also sold out of all their stock so like Pokemon must be happy yeah, yeah. They, don't, they don't care. They they sold their stock. They're fine with it. Yeah, they're hurt. They must be happy. Like, honestly, the fact that yeah. it, like knowing the fact that it was an Eevee, I'm not even surprised a bit anymore. Yeah, same. Also, also, we bit a lore. Mm-hmm. We bit a lore uh, for Pokemon Center merch, by the way. So uh, a lot of people complain to complain like they like to complain that Nats is in uh, Ohio all the time. One, and I'm going to use this argument for the till the end of time. I've said it on the show multiple times. It's the population center of the United States. Deal with it. Second is that it's uh, also so they share a lot of facilities Pokemon Center does with Amazon to for shipping out their stuff. And they have two main hubs where they ship everything from. And one is in Seattle, which makes sense because TPCI is in Seattle. But the other one's actually in Columbus, Ohio. Makes sense. Yeah, no, they they ship out from there. Yeah. So when they set up when they set up the Pokemon Center, they probably don't have to move all of the stuff that far, actually. It's yeah, it's, It's lots of fee and stuff. Yeah. Fun fact, like logistically, it's probably cheaper for them to hold like the Pokemon Center type stuff in Columbus than it is like anywhere else. Very yeah. interesting. Okay. Fun fact. That we don't have to ship a huge truckload all across like exactly. across the country. Yeah, exactly. Like, why, why do that exactly. when you can just have it right here and then drive like a couple miles? Yeah, they probably drove like 10, 20 miles like max. Yeah. And yeah, it, 
just fun fact for all of you at home. Oh, we need to, we want to, we need to reset this one niche item where we technically can. Yeah. Fun <laughs> like, fact. Other than maybe like, again, the like specific event stuff. The Pokemon Center did this really like terrible mean thing because they like put sitting cuties out. There were a lot of sitting cuties at the Pokemon oh. Center. Uh, but they had like a glass case with a bunch of sitting cuties in it. But the problem is they were only putting out like Gen 5 and Gen 2, 4 ones when I was there. And no. a lot of my friends were looking, you know, they're looking for Jigglypuff, but they're also like Dre, hi Dre, my friend Mason's fiance was looking for a Mareep and she, we couldn't get it, but there was one in the glass case, right? And we're just like, can we get the one in the glass case? And they're like, no, sorry, that's just for display purposes. And I go, mm-hmm. that is horrible, but thank you, I guess. <laughs> but they had like a ton of sitting cuties in this glass c- display case mm-hmm. and all of them were unavailable. Very, very it's unfortunate. Yeah. Probably one of those things, too. They have, they probably have to have at yeah. least one copy of each. And that probably was like their, like, yeah, utility yeah, yeah. display one, you know, like. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I get it's always unfortunate, but I do understand, like, from that absolutely. perspective of like, well, we saw the last one we owned, then we can't do it again. We have to make a whole new one. They wouldn't want to do that. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I did get a sweet Hawaiian shirt, though. So <laughs> that's good news. But yeah, I think that's everything that I wanted to cover there. So let's go ahead and let's kick it on over to the news. So cue that epic music. Coming to you live from the Lavender Town Radio Tower, this just in. Welcome to the news. We've got a few things to talk about, as always. Pokemon Concierge, that claymation thing that's happening, uh, is scheduled for December. Woo! So check out Netflix in December, and you can watch Pokemon Concierge. We we thought we'd wow. let you know this early so you can really get ready for it. You can really be excited. <laughs> Pre-order your popcorn. Exactly. This is, this literally, this, like, Pokemon Concierge is high, like, I don't know. The thing that really gets me is like all the Pokemon sleep hype that's been happening, which I guess is the next piece of news. So I'll let you, I'll let you go, Seth. How dare you, you bash my baby? Anyway, we've got Pokemon Sleep. They dropped a new trailer this week and you can pre-register on Android. The app, uh, you can't pre-register on Apple yet, but maybe. I don't know how Apples work. Um, it doesn't have a firm release date yet, but they are promising late July. Also, there's a little bonus if you got a Go Plus Plus, you can get a Nightcap Pikachu, which apparently helps you train your Snorlax. I finally got mine pre-ordered, so I'm hyped. I still don't understand the hype. Like everybody's like very excited. I just want to sleep thatched. It's a meme. They they announced it like three, two or three years ago, and we finally got it. What do you mean? They finally gave it to us. Like, I don't know if it's the meme that makes, is making everybody excited or if people are genuinely excited for this I game. I could because, finally go home and sleep. Like, Pokemon, okay, like, I, so baraki has been making, like, a lot of jokes on the Discord about how it needs Pokemon home integration, and I don't entirely disagree in all honesty. <laughs> uh, like, if it has, if it has home connectivity, I would be there in a heartbeat. Once we, there'll be a, probably a topic, up, like an episode on sleep later on where we'd have more I info. hope not. I literally will not you do don't that, want- but that's okay. <laughs> I like you're, you're like, hey, Thatch, you went to an episode of that toothbrush game. Yeah, uh, we can we can combine them, sleep and smile. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. That, that's not happening. That's not happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
yet. Yeah, Shamu, uh, you're up on the next one. Yeah, uh, TPCI has a panel at San Diego Comic-Con on July 20th. That's about the uh, anime localization, and they'll have a sneak peek of Horizons. So, Are they going to talk about how it's ridiculous that Horizons started three months ago, and we're probably, at best, like another six months away from seeing Horizons ourselves? Yeah. Could, yeah. Could, could they talk about making that not as bad? That would be great. Hey, give them a break. They're a small company. They are They are just a baby company. There's, <laughs> they're only the largest media franchise hey, in the entire world. Hey. It's fine. It's fine. I I like how does how does like every other anime have some kind of simulcast and Pokemon doesn't it's a small cut small just I, right I don't know everything but I do know a lot of like the simulcasts because they're like in the same building in a sense yeah. to a degree because like I don't I I don't know everything about like localization and all that but like I know like the Funimation stuff is like they put it through Funimation and then they also have the Funimation like generic cast dub it too you know so like they yeah, it's yeah. like it's partially in the same studio so they can do it like simultaneously well i i don't even care about that like release those release the subs at the same time yeah let me watch it oh there's yeah. there's no subs no, oh, they, there should, no they subs. definitely should have like a sub like that sh- i don't i don't deny that like that should be a thing like, at release the fact they don't is very frustrating uh seth Hello! Yeah. Breaking news! The Landorus Therian watch! After one week and one week only, Landorus Therian is sixth in singles formats and eleventh in doubles. There's your breaking news from the Landorus Therian watch, and now to Shamu for the we- weather? Weather? I don't, whatever. Kind of. <laughs> in uh, September and October, we have a. Uh... Some weather forecasts for Pittsburgh, Peoria, Sacramento, and Toronto for North America. There's going to be the regionals. Woo! Did that in the worst way possible. <laughs> but, yeah. This is actually, like, really good, though, compared to what they did last year. Yeah. They at least gave us, like, some have, early we location. Have, like, yeah. Gosh. We have, like, two months head start, which is nice. Granted, registration hasn't opened yeah, yet, either. Yeah, and it wouldn't have. Or been an- I don't think they've even announced the organizers for each of these yet, either. I don't even- yeah, I don't even think they've announced the actual, like, where it's going to be in the city. Yeah, I nothing, right? They're just like, they're going to be here on these dates, oh, which is kind of scary. It might be a conference center. It might be a McDonald's. We'll find out. I think Pittsburgh is like, Pittsburgh is in less than two months and we know very little about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, we just know, we just know like location and date for, yeah, like Pittsburgh yeah. is September, Peoria is October. I don't remember Sacramento or Toronto, but. Uh, uh, because we weren't going to go to those. That's <laughs> no. why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're too far. North I'm America. not going to fly there. The a couple of, they announced, I think, seven? Of them, Pittsburgh, Curitiba. I don't know where that is. Forgive me if I butchered that pronunciation. Uh, Peoria, Sacramento, Toronto, Barcelona, and Lille. Yes, that okay. sounds right. And that's in yeah. not in not in chronological order. So they're kind of scattered. Yeah, but yeah, that is that is the first series of the 2024 TCG VGC Championship in general series. So keep an eye out for more. They definitely only went to like the end of October. Yeah. Because they definitely have more plans for November and December. For and they sure. just wanted to wait. So definitely keep that in mind for those of you who are worried about not being able to make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I don't know. I think the only one that I saw that I was like, yeah, I'll try is maybe Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And that that that's like where it stops for right now. Uh <laughs> mostly because like, man, I I'm like traveling for work so much. Yeah. So traveling's starting to kill me. Uh so like 
Yeah, they announced uh, they announced it. And I'm like, yeah, that one's not close enough to any travel that I have to do. <laughs> uh, uh, and then there's uh, ter- I think uh, Peoria, which is actually be like super convenient to go to because I think Peoria is only like four hours from me. Um, unfortunately, I'll be on a plane to uh, Japan. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, when when I'm going, I mean, I'd rather be on the plane to Japan. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and then there's uh, Toronto is October 27th to 29th, and I thought about it, but I'm like, yeah, I'll just be getting back from Japan, and I might be going to a conference <laughs> like right after that. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to do it. Yeah. The, dude, I want to go to Toronto one day, just like the city. I don't really care about the Pokemon. Well, I do care about the Pokemon, but <laughs> but not for a reason like, to I go to just Toronto. Want, just in general, yeah. I mean, it would be cool as like the to be like, hey, let's go to Toronto, and then like use it as a kickoff for a vacation or something. Uh-huh. Um, is to just like, hey, let's go to Toronto. I'm going to play Pokemon, and then we'll just do Toronto things for a couple days. Uh, I do want to go there for vacation. I think it would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's actually not that bad. It's like pretty close to where I'm at. Like surprisingly close. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. But yeah, uh, what's next? What do we have? Um, oh yeah, go. uh, Pokemon Unite. Yeah. Uh, Unite. Uh, oh no, this is go. This is go. Go. Uh, Inteleon came yeah. out for Unite uh, though. That was oh, on the fourth. Cool. So woo, go play woo. with Inteleon if you got money, or I don't know if it's yeah. coined or not. But there you go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. This year's anniversary artwork teases Zygarde ten percent, Naganadel, Galar, and even Paldean starters. Ooh. Things we still haven't seen from last year's artwork are Dusk Lycan Rock and Mimikyu and the Hisuian starters. Um, Turtonator uh, barely snuck in at the end. That's true. Uh, I mean, they're going to slow roll us, guys. I just don't know what, what anybody's expecting. Like, I, I am actually very, uh, very shocked by... Um, I'm actually very shocked by the fact that, like, they're trying to tease Paldea already. Uh, because well, Pokemon Go, like once they ca- once it catches up, what do they do? It does that with the starters and like what, the box legends, though. They did that with Zacian and Zamazenta a long time ago. Mm. So, it, you know, and then they'll just slow roll everything. Right. Now that else. they're not developing some of their other apps anymore, maybe they have time for Go. Hmm. What was That's it fair. like the That's Marvel fair. thing and the NBA Go, where you can go catch yeah. basketball players? Or I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't follow the Go community enough. I don't follow like, the Niantic like yell- at large. <laughs> They they like to yell at uh, Niantic a lot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. something happened the other day where there was a bug that like doubled like the the Pokemon radius or something. Yeah, and everybody, oh, that was and, bad. And then and then everybody loved it apparently. And then Niantic took it away. Yeah, Niantic did uh, a so whole thing where they went on. They went out and was like, "Hello, we've noticed that some individuals have had their go their uh, like range that you can catch a Pokemon radius doubled. This is an error and will be reverted." Thanks, and just yeah. what? <laughs> Why would you and do the whole commu- so the whole, whole community is like, but we really like this. And thing. it was Why like days after YouTubers and things like that who are big in the Go community yeah. had been like, they did it, they fixed it, they silently pre- increased the radius. We're so happy. Nope, jokes on you. <laughs> yeah, hard, like... hard, hard. You <laughs> take the L uh, and just let them have it. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. Like, I'm so confused. Like, I kind of, I kind of get behind to some extent where they're like, we're limiting remote raids yeah. or something like that to five a day. One of all, first of all, if you're doing five remote raids a day, that means you're at least spending like 10 bucks a day Yeah, what on the- Pokemon Go what? because there's no way to like get a free remote raid pass. Um, so that's one kind of insane. Um, two, uh, if you're doing, uh, like I understand the concept of them making us like go out and do certain raids in person mm-hmm. as well. Um, like and like 
let's say just like from a company standpoint of like, this is our goal, right? Our goal is to go make people go outside and be physical, physically active. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand philosophically where you are coming. But I mean, there's still th- some things where it's just like, guys, you have to make it so you can sit in your house just like a little bit. Yeah. And play mm-hmm. some Pokemon Go. Like, I don't have a stop outside my house. I still have to walk outside to get that bad boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't do it, there's still going to be some guys driving around in the truck on raid days, driving from raid to raid. They're not walking, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I probably would have gotten more to go if I could do it from my home, but like I couldn't at all. And then I just at least it was wait, it was it. pretty decent during COVID. It and was. Then I just played it a little all bit, of that and away. then it's just like I just yeah. Oh well. They took it know. all away. There's one uh, more Seth, bit of news the though for it, and yeah. there's uh a sleep-themed event on the 15th and 16th. Hooray, Pokemon Sleep. <laughs> That'll introduce Komala into the game, and Wulu will also apparently be returning at the same time because counting wow. sheep. <laughs> Let me get more Wulu. I'll probably yes. play for like a couple days and see if I can. Probably won't, but we'll yeah. try. Yeah. All right. Uh, some Puckle news. Uh, first, congrats to uh, Jamie for winning the spring TCG tournament. I lost because I got paired up against the one Maraidon deck when I brought Lugia. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there was, uh, for those of you who are unaware, we are doing Christmas in July, the advent calendar. I thought our advent calendar this uh, past Christmas was really bad, um, mostly because we we're giving away uh, Sword and Shield Pokemon while Scarlet and Violet was out. Um, but now we are giving away Scarlet and Violet Pokemon. Um, so you can come to the Discord server, and on the Discord server, every day we post a new Pokemon that we're giving away on Scarlet and Violet. All you have to do is enter the trade code, and you can trade and get that Pokemon. Uh, very exciting. Uh, patrons are also getting their own exclusive line of different distributions as well every day, so uh, at the $10 tier or more. So if you want to jump into that, you're more than welcome. Uh, I am usually pretty good about this. If you miss a day um, near the end of the advent calendar, we will set it up so that you can rerun uh, all of the other Pokemon, and you can pick up the ones that you miss. But the goal of that bot or system is to not make it that you can, uh, is to make it so that you only pick up ones that you miss, not try to get all 30 Pokemon. Yeah. Or just like choose up time. And it's planned so, to go through the 2nd of August. Yeah, it's something, yeah, it's because we're going to do it there. earlier, but there is a game update that slowed us down. Yeah. So. All, all right. Uh, finally, though. Uh, Puckle's pokey opinion. Um, since the last DLC trailer, people have been talking about the possibility of Apom Gligar lines getting Paradox forms since they've been advertised as version exclusives. Where do you stand on this speculation? On or the pair getting anything special be- beyond being version exclusives, since they really aren't there to sell the game at this point. Give me iron hands. <laughs> I we iron, already have iron uh, hands. <laughs> iron hands starting, at home with a monkey with oh with yeah frying pans. Iron hands too. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Hands 2 Electric Boogaloo. I'm such it's just, an idiot. Uh, I thought just... that was an original name. Stupid. You know what? I just want an Ambipom with like three tails, each with a frying pan. It's got a pot in its head. <laughs> I like... don't. I don't think it would be Iron I don't think it's Pan. But finally, no, you know, finally be a normal steel type. What we always wanted. Do we I, have a I literally steel? do not. I, do. I, do, I do not think do. that they're going. They're announcing them as version exclusives because they're like trying to hint that they're paradox farms. I think no. they're literally doing it because I think they think that people actually care about version exclusives still. Um, it's uh, just uh, something uh, extra on top of everything else. Yeah, yeah. it's they. It's they have fine. to do it anyway to some extent. Yeah. Like I, I've thought about this for a while. One, it's very good for the sociability aspect of the game. Uh, to need trades, like it's very good. Like it's just it's a it's. You can both like make extra money from this and it be a good thing at the same yeah. time. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't think those are mutually exclusive. And so which, I, 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 uh, the, it, which the, one is which actually? Which is which? Glygar is Glygar is, is Scarlet. I know that because I don't okay. have Scarlet, yes. and it breaks my heart. And Linian said, "Honestly, me I I was thinking about like I could easily see them doing like I I don't know if I think they are, but I could easily visualize what like their paradox forms would no, be. But, no, but here's the problem. There's a there is a geolo- geographic problem. Not about geological problem. There's a geographic problem with this idea. The areas that yes. we've seen are not anywhere near the quote unquote time machine where these paradox Pokemon are coming from. Do so this is how would they be? Do you want to get into the speculation? Do you want to do you want to go here? Because we already I know, but like well, if that's if that theory? is the source of their origin, at least that's the regardless of the theory. I think regardless of the theory, whether or not it's a time machine or the imagination, I think it's still true they, that we're not actually physically. They are manifesting in an area, and that area yeah. is not these locations. That's my granted. Problem. I do I do think there is a possibility. That you could see like paradox forms of the rest of the trios from right, like Walking maybe. Wake yeah. and, and Iron Leaves. I think there's a chance, but I I don't want to say that's the case. I mean, the one thing that somebody did point out that I thought was very interesting uh, is that one of the like of the two DLCs, one is very like past uh, oriented, right? What? And the other one seems very futuristic oriented, right? Well, okay, very one's very technologically heavy, which is. Oh, are you the, talking about like the? Uh, Blueberry Academy, the DLC. Thing. Yeah, that was an yeah. email last yeah. week. Yeah, and the, and the, and then yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then there's Kitakame, which is very past oriented. So I mean, th- I that's think there cool, is yeah. some. Th- I mean, I, th- it could just be theming as well, which is fine. Um, I like that's in my opinion, that's probably like Occam's Razor says that it's just because they wanted to keep with the theme. Yeah. Uh, and that's all there is to it. Maybe there's some like there's obviously some tie-ins to why this is the hidden treasure of Area Zero, and we can see like I like what would be really cool because there is that mask on Ogre Pond, right? Like maybe the uh, Paradox Mon that is in the book where like all three beasts are combined did exist, but maybe the gem like hit it and then it split into three or something like that. I don't know. And then you have That's to like fuse a crazy... them and combine them. Fusion Pokemon never They're Transformers. Before. They're tra- they're, tra- they're transformers in disguise. You get to watch um, QRM eat the Zek. I mean, uh, n- never done before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember, yeah, 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 DLC yeah, yeah. introduces uh, fusion. Remember, remember, Necrozma never combined. Nope. Uh, with anything. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I'm going to stop here because that's not what this episode's about. <laughs> and <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're going to kick it on over to Puckle's Pokey Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their insane Pokemon knowledge. Oh, hi, and welcome to the Pokey Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz our co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Mark from the Dunsparce Gang, here to explain the rules. Our fabulous co-hosts will work as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that fans have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more, for a total of seven points. The host can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct and do not use the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. Welcome to Puckle's Pokey Quiz. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Mark. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get to our first question. Our first question is going to come to you from the once and future gamer, 
did I use this one last week? Uh, I feel like I did. Oh, no. Um, in Generation 1, not including Mew, who is the only Pokemon who cannot be found in the wild, is not used by an opponent, or can be evolved via a stone? Wait, this so is essentially a Pokemon or that cannot, cannot be evolved it, via stone? Is yeah, that what you is, said? Yes, cannot be evolved via stone. And it's not Mew, you said? And it's not Mew. Wouldn't that so be... So essentially something that you can't see just be seen in your Pokedex, essentially. Wait, it can just be seen in your Pokedex? It can't, it can't be, like, oh, you can't... yeah, 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 okay. The only way to see it in the Pokedex is, is that you've caught it. Wouldn't That's it be the only way you can Porygon? See it. Do you ever see one? Or is it just the Game um, Corner win that you get? Um, I don't... That sounds honestly, like, accurate, because if you, you can't... If that's the only one that I can think of, yeah, it doesn't evolve via stone. It doesn't evolve at any at that time at all. Yeah, it'd either be that or a fossil. Yeah, a fossil is possible. Yeah, I don't know if someone has a fossil. It it essentially has to be a gift Pokemon. Does anyone have Lapras? No, Mm. I think Lorelai has it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she does. Lorelai has it. Unless I'm thinking of like old games where it's like, oh yeah, we gave her like three of the same Pokemon. No, no Lapras, but. I feel like someone has the fossils. I could be wrong. I feel like it's Porygon, at, honestly. Of the, of I'm okay the, with Porygon, honestly, because either we're either missing like I, I can see like a, a like one of the nerds having it, but again, I could just be we should just be wrong and just yeah, some other end. So they have like the fossils instead. Because I feel like they would make um, I feel like they would make them visible at least the fossils. But like I don't see, I can see them like not making Porygon visible for both versions. Right. So, so let's, I'm good with locking in Porygon. Porygon locked in. Porygon is unfortunately ah, incorrect. Crumbs. Uh, the answer is going to surprise you. Uh, the answer Eevee? is actually Golem. What? Oh. What? Yeah. Yeah. Does Bruno not nope, have a Golem? Huh. He does not. He does oh, no, not he has, have like, a Golem. Oh no, he has like two and then he's got the Hitmon and a Champ. That's what it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What? He does not <laughs> have a Golem. Yeah. There is what? no golem. Like the only way to get golem in your Pokedex in red, blue, it's red getting and blue it via is, a trade, and then it's is getting yeah. it via a trade. You cannot see like it doesn't even. Re- you, there's no trainer that can use it, so you can see it. Mm-hmm. It is literally it, impossible. Yeah. Makes sense. What yeah. the heck? It's literally impossible. There is a trainer though that does have a Porygon at some point. Same with the fossils. Oddly enough, it makes. I, I can see it. It's just one of those things that those are the most likely. Like yeah, those yeah, the criteria. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I absolutely agree. It's it's kind of wild to think about. Uh but yeah. How it, it's strange. Weird. Yeah. It is Golem. It, this is like a this is like a very weird fact, but it is true. I actually knew that one. Um all right. This one is from Tubins. Uh we're gonna oh man, okay. You guys should know this one. Oh no. Uh the ability Illuminate Illuminate has no in battle effect since it was introduced in Generation oh, 3. I know. Uh-huh. They, they in the most recent yeah. patch of Scarlet uh-huh. and Violet, it's finally gained an in battle effect. <laughs> what does it do? Reduces the opponent's accuracy, I believe, or prevents the loss of accuracy. It prevents loss of accuracy for you. It's another it's a it's yeah. reskinned keen eye. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I knew it did something with accuracy. I couldn't remember the exact terminology, but yeah, so it reduces accuracy loss on yourself. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. It is re reskinned Kenai where it is just preventing accuracy loss from the person that has it. Good job, guys. Well, you're one for two. Your next one is your Pokedex entry, as always. This one is from uh, Disco. It's Ultra Moon Pokedex entry reads, It appears in towns and shops and plays with the children. This Pokemon will protect kids when they're in danger, so their moms don't have to worry. 
What ver- what game was this from? Ultra Moon. Ultra Moon. Uh, towns and shops and Ultra Moon and protects children. It appears in towns and plays with the children. What? This Pokemon will protect kids when they're in danger so their moms don't have to worry. It's so specific. It's, so, it's a specific group of people that don't have it, to worry. It, is it a beware? No, that's talking about it how it hates sound- being touched. Or no, oh, loves okay. to, wants to, it's the opposite. Wants to hug people, but can't because it'll break them. But Stuffle is the opposite, where it hates being touched, but is cute and has a tag. Um, oh, cause I can't. Is it, it's not Drampa, is it? Because that talks about, like, children and protecting children and burning down the houses of bullies of those children, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, My grandpa didn't do that, I don't think. <laughs> but sometimes grandpa does. I, I feel think like grandpa's that's thing a, is kind of a I feel like that's one grandpa's of its text entries. <laughs> uh, I don't. I just can't. I can't. Um, I can't, I can't like, go, link the two. Uh, I feel like it's the best get, shot. I'm just sure, not yeah, good honestly, at this, I don't, apparently. No, I don't. I don't know Pokedex entries at all. Like, I some of them just are clear enough that's like, oh yeah, that's yeah. it, this is exactly. But I'm, like, I'm I gonna say Drampa. I'm just gonna lock it, Drampa. Why not? Yeah, lock it in. Drampa is correct. Yes! Uh, it is Drampa. <laughs> uh, so there are two types of Drampa, uh, Drampa entries. Um, the Ultra Moon one was, like, I think the better one is literally the Ultra Sun one, where it says, if a child has made friends with it, is bullied. Uh, Drampa will find the bully's house and burn it to the ground. Yeah, I wasn't kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that, like, Drampa is, like, Drampa's intense, okay? Yeah. Uh, well, that like, makes sense to have Don't get on the wrong side of a Drampa. No, no kidding. Makes sense for the Berserk Pokemon to have it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, yeah, he's nice until he's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was just getting caught up with, like, size of Drampa in a shop, and I'm like, that doesn't work to me, you know? Like... There's no shop. Nobody said anything about a shop. What, you said, what, I thought you... It appears in towns and plays with the children. Oh, what? towns. I, I think I, I, I you said towns and shops. Yeah. No, I just I was, said towns. I don't know where I got I the shops I heard towns and from. shops. Yeah, I was... I made that up I, on you the guys, spot. We're all playing. T- we're all playing too much D and D. I guess so. Just means it's it's. I don't you even... go into a store. Uh, okay, moving on. Though you guys are three for three. This next question is your multiple answer question. As always, you can get up to two points here. Um, this one is going to come to you uh, from Umbreon One Eighty. The move "Follow Me" redirects attacks to the user. The move Spotlight was introduced in Gen 7 and redirects attacks to a different target. What Pokemon can learn Spotlight? There are, uh, Spotlight can be learned. I will give you the total number of Pokemon. Oh my gosh. Um, is, uh, uh, Pokemon lines. It is one, two, three, four, five lines I can learn it. I will give you a point per line you give me up to two. Okay. Um, I believe uh, I, I will also let you know. Th- oh. I will Go also ahead. let you know that Spotlight was not uh, was actually removed in Swish and hasn't reappeared. Removed yeah. uh, in Swish, in, in, very good. Uh, so it's Gen it Seven. It only earlier. existed in Gen Seven. It only existed in Gen Seven. Um, and I will give you uh, three strikes to give you get these attempts. Okay, that I believe Ilumise learned it, Ilumise? which I could be wrong. Uh, Sounds, I remember. I don't know why that was a, when you said Spotlight. The first thing came to mind was Ilumise. I'm also thinking of like Clefable. Maybe that sounds right. The other one that oh, I'm like, thinking of, like they very learned it. 
I just don't know what I can't remember for sure. Uh, the Morla line also sounds right for some reason. Did it? I know it got moved. Did it get spotlight? That sounds right, actually. Okay, so which of those do we feel most confident? Let's lock in one for a strike and get it wrong just immediately. Um, I just want to go with my gut for Illumise. Yeah, let's do that. I want to confirm my gut or not. <laughs> Illumise is not correct. Ah, oh, dang it. Shive. All right, I don't know why I thought strike that. Strike one. Strike yeah. one. Okay. Do we want to go with my gut and see if sure, we yeah, get let's go. strike uh, two? Line? Yeah, the moral line. <laughs> The moral moral line is correct. Yeah, okay. that is one of them. I'm trying to think what else got spotlight because I, I remember being used in VGC, and that's why I, that's why I thought it was like Lumiere, and I thought it was like there was a weird tech with it. Clefable line doesn't sound bad for that, and those were I think used in VGC a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I thought there was some weird Clefable meme stuff with like, like Clefairy. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember Spotlight, because I remember seeing it before, and that's why I'm like, oh, what, no, like, because the normal type move, I know that for a fact. Do we want to just throw out, throw Clefairy and see? Sure, let's just throw Clefairy, it. Clefairy, lock in. Clefairy and Clefable are correct. Woo! Uh, that is all of the points you need. There's three okay. more, and I will not right. make you ride the struggle bus. Okay, cool. Um, the, the other three are, uh, Starmie. Oh. What? Okay. Uh, uh, lantern, yeah, um, and Spinda, the light Pokemon. Oh, okay. Spinda, the light yeah. Pokemon. I wouldn't have gotten uh, those, so I might have gotten got- Lantern, but not Stormy. I, I just wouldn't have thought of like Spotlight on that, you know, like the, yeah, because it was yeah. Oh well, we got them. We got all, it. <laughs> yeah, we got it. All right, and then uh, of course we're gonna go. Uh, that gives you guys what is it? Five points. You, this is your base deck question, as always. This one is going to come to you from GG Platinum. He would like to know which fully evolved poison type has the lowest base speed of all fully evolved poison types. Well, oh. fully evolved poison type has the lowest speed of all fully evolved poison types. Okay. Yes, sir. Toxapex so has 34. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, What's Slowking at? 30. So slow, Galarian Slowking at the Galarian moment. Galarian Slowking, yep. Of course, um, I go to Toxapex first, and not the one with "slow" in its name. Good, good job, me. <laughs> I'm not a stall player. Toxapex I swear. Is a, Toxapex is a—it's a good first start, anyway. That was just like—I know there's something slow. I was thinking just trick. What, what would be in the trick room? And I'm like, oh yeah, right. slow king. Oh yeah, the slow family. <laughs> um, anything? Try to think. What other big, bulky poison types that are evolved? Yeah. Uh, you do have the hint, by the way, as well. Oh yeah, and we cash. We got yeah, an incorrect answer, so we might as well yeah, use it. Yeah, well, so give us the hint. Ah, uh, the hint is going to be. Uh, <laughs> this is a. Uh, this is definitely a dual type Pokemon. Uh, okay, well, I guess they're all Thanks. poison types. Uh, this it is slower than Slowking. I'm going to tell you slower that. than Slowking. It is okay. slower than Slowking, and uh, it was. Uh, it's recent. It's actually slower King. That's. It's ah, a new form. Yeah, the evolved king. form of Slow King. Yeah. That's the evolved form of Slow King. Slower Slowest King, king is oh, coming is in it? Gen 10. Wait, no, that's not slower. It's very recent. Very uh, recent. Very recent. Uh, it, it I, think it be... I think I think there's a card for it in Poldea Evolved. Uh, oh. Oh, no. Um, wait. Wait. Um, is it is it Clodsire? I think so. I think Clodsire is 20. Yeah. 
Um, I'm just trying to think of anything else because it's not Rev of Rome, whatever. It's not things no, like 65 or no, 70. No. I know it's, it's actually not. pretty good. I don't think 90, I think, actually. But. Yeah, I feel like it's probably Clotsire. Uh, that boy be I'm trying thick. to think of any other poisons because there's the Shrewdle line that's definitely not it, of course. And Clodsire um, has a Peldire evolved card. It does. Yeah. It's the one that poisons um, things. Yeah, it's actually fun. It's Mimi. Uh, <laughs> trying to think. I think that's probably it. Uh, actually, it's probably just Clodsire. Yeah. I, I can't think, think so. of any other poison types than Paldea. Clodsire, lock in. Yeah. Clodsire is correct with 20 Yay. base speed. Yeah. Uh, it is a, the second place is a three-way tie between Galarian Slowbro, Galarian Slow King, and Amoongus, all with oh. 30. Yeah. Um, and third is Toxapex with 35. 35, dang, that was one off. Yeah, get it, get it right, I'm sorry. I think we're thinking of, so like, wrong. one of the offensive being, like, a f- 144, 134, or something like that. Yeah. Because it does like, have, like, weird is, stats. Uh, that is going to change up our trivia thing, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And we're going to see. All right. Um, in first place is Seth Vila with 12 points. Woo! In second place is Shark Finnegan with eight. And in a two-way tie for third is Whimsicott and Shamu. And Woo! that is all she wrote, folks. Uh, uh, so there we go. Uh, tune in next week for more. Until then, we're going to hit up the topic. We have another review. This one is going to be from Spartan THX 117. Five stars, longtime listener. First, and the first time I've ever written a review for a podcast. I first started listening to your podcast when driving to meet my girlfriend on the weekends when neither of us had to work. Since then, we've moved in together and become engaged. The both of us have been playing Pokemon since we were kids, and we have both listened to your podcast when traveling or working around the house together. We may not score too well on the quiz part, but we always enjoy the topics and conversation between the host and guests. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you for that, and congrats on the engagement. If you would like your review read on the show, leave one, and it might be read. Until then, guys, we're going to kick it on over to the topic. Welcome to our topic. Our topic today is the Pokemon TCG meta. We're going to be a little bit more in-depth than usual today. Uh, We're going to be focusing on the TCG and... I kind of want to mention the video game stuff a little bit uh, because NAIC did happen. I, I think it's worth mentioning some of the wins from NAIC on the video game side as well. Yeah. Um. But it just, I mean, let's get it out of the way. But uh, I'm not super into the VGC meta right now. It's very, I for me, it's very difficult to get into because at least with T, I mean, I guess TCG rotates just as often, but I get to see the pieces a little bit earlier and think about it uh, and uh the vgc i just have that problem and honestly practicing it is so hard yeah because by the time i go oh man i really wanted to get vgc the current format's like almost expired yeah and by the time i figure out that format a whole new format happens or like the time you get the pokemon ready like with with tcg it's like oh i should play four ultra ball instead of three and then you just put one in and you're done yeah and then this other the other time it's like oh i gotta tweak these whole ev spreads or change a pokemon Oh, my Eevees should have been this, this, and this. You gotta redo your entire team. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I really want to get into it again because yeah. I remember playing it and having a really good time with VGC, especially. And, like, I really like it when you find the team that finally just, like, meshes with you. Mm-hmm. It feels very good. I don't know. Like, it's just right now with the current way that it's rotating so quickly, which I think is kind of exciting, right? Um, it is, it is exciting, but it makes it so hard for me to be like, yeah, I really want to get into this like right now. And then the rules just completely change on me. The next, next one. Like I need, I need something where it's just like, here's, here's like, instead of two months, even if it was three months for a regulation, I think that would make me feel way better. Yeah. 
I think two months is very short for me. But I understand why they're doing it because they're kind of mirroring TCG in a way. Yeah. Because we get something we get something like roughly like I mean this year we're gonna get six sets. I think that's kind of what they're trying to go for. Like oh TCG gets six sets, VGC gets six sets, uh, which is frustrating on a lot of levels because honestly what did paul day evolve give us they gave us iano uh <laughs> fair enough <laughs> yeah it did though right paul day evolved gave us a couple things but yeah iano is like the big thing it's like iano like yeah uh and and you talk about regulation going from regulation c to regulation d which did just start so maybe this is the time for thatch to like go play it was uh it's absolutely frustrating um yeah, the teams that won, the, like most of the teams are running Iron Hands right now because, and Flutter Main because those are the Pokemon that are good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are the, like, the reason everybody's running Iron Hands is because it, like, it helps a lot with almost every single ruinous Pokemon. Right. Uh, yeah. It, fair. It, it deals with almost. They're all, they're all dark. It smacks them all with Drain Punch or Close Combat. Yeah, you smack them all with Drain Punch and you're good to go. Um, I mean, the team that won, uh, I, I'm actually really happy with the spread of people that won um, and are doing well. Um, so uh, Alex Gomez got first place. He was running a team of Xi'an Pao, Tinglu, uh, Fluttermane, Dragapult, Dondozo, uh, and Iron Hands. No Tatsugiri because Dondozo still has Unaware, which is actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just like a bulky Pokemon. So uh, it's very cool in that regard. Um, in second place, we had uh, Rog. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Um, uh, Rog of uh, Malvaya. Uh, he got... Uh, he got second place with Fluttermane because everybody has Fluttermane Iron Hands because everybody has Iron Hands. Um, Amoongus, which has always been a very popular VGC Pokemon, uh, Arcanine. Uh, Palafin came back um, and Pelipper was there to support the Palafin. Uh, and I mean, looking at all the teams, it was just a very interesting uh, time. I, I don't know. Like, I really want to get into this. I want to get into this meta so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because like Scarlet and Violet is really, really cool. It is. Yeah, that's true. It is. It is really, really cool. Uh, and I really want to get into it. So maybe I should start soon. We'll see. I'm never going to be good, good at it this time around, I don't think. But it would be nice to just be like somewhat competent at VGC again. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. Fluttermane all the way, guys. Just play Fluttermane. Yep. No other Pokemon required. All right. Uh, so let's get to TCG. Some meat and potatoes. Uh, there, the NAIC also happened for that. Obviously, uh, the deck that won was Urshifu and Talion, which is kind of crazy. Uh, run by uh, Cyrus Davis. So congratulations to Cyrus. Uh, that w- it was kind of insane to see that in Urshifu and Teleon won. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I I remember seeing the final match was between Urshifu and Teleon and Arceus uh, Arceus Duraldon Umbreon. Right. And I I sent I sent a message to Seth and I go, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? Yeah. What is going on? What? What year is it? What year is it? Because none of these guard, none of these decks, none of these decks needed. Uh, we're good. Uh, well, Arceus Duraldon's been good, I think, for a very long time, like since Arceus came out. Mm-hmm. Why is it here? That's, these are all F and E block cards. <laughs> None of these are the new G block. And I, I honestly, I think between all of them, both decks, I think the only, the only like cards that came out of this, out of any of these that were new, like quote, like quote unquote new cards from, uh, from honestly Scarlet and Violet on. One of them was, uh, I think the Arceus Duraldon played the Spirit Tomb. Yeah. The Spirit Tomb, so it can counter Mew more effectively. And I think, I think that the, uh, Urshifu and Telian deck just played Ayano. These are the only, these are the only things that happened after, 
after Scarlet and Violet came out. Yeah, I'm looking. Only cards that played anything in the finals, which is kind of insane. Trevel, Search, Nest. Uh, yeah, that's really it. And I guess Forest Sealstone, because by the time that... No, for, no, Forest Sealstone come, came out in Silver Tempest, though, right? So Yeah, yeah, it did. But back when Rapid Strike Urshifu was actually relevant, that was nowhere that wasn't out yet and and nowhere to be seen so well also eerie like eerie there's a, there's a couple cards but there's also irida too yeah itself, so it's like well irida irida was valid last year too oh yeah it was still but it's just the i guess literally the only the only scarlet and violet card in here is just like iona iono iono yeah it's iono that's it. yeah that's it it's all you need it's kind of insane I, I do want to take this moment to like explain to some people. Like, I think I'm going to pull up the Poke stats, but a lot of tournament runs. I, I won. It's still really cool that Urshifu and Teleon won. It's very interesting. It's very odd that this all happened. Snuck in for sure. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I think what needs to be said a lot to a lot of people though is still that Urshifu and Teleon had like a really good day. Uh, one, this player played one loss or two lost block decks all day, <laughs> just two, <laughs> uh, which is kind of insane. Um, they lost to some, they lost to another Arcturaldon. <laughs> what? Yeah, they lost to an Arcturaldon deck earlier in the day. I mean, they beat two other Arcturaldons, if that makes you feel better. I guess. I don't know. It's just like, if you look at their matchups, they didn't play, they, they played one or two Gardevoirs all day. They played two Gardevoirs all day. Hmm. Which is kind of insane to think about, uh, that they, like, Gardevoir does kind of destroy it because of the weakness on the Urshifu. Yeah. And the Urshifu's defense, it just has, like, if the Urshifu can get set up, it does kind of, set up early enough, it does just win, because it just knocks out the Curlias, but, like, again, it's, it just comes down to a race of, do you get set up, or do they get set up? Yeah, exactly, and, I don't know, it, it, I think tournament runs... And then that's, like, a coin flip in my mind. I think people don't look at tournament runs enough when they see things like this, where people just, like, go, go ham, and give them different weird decks to play against, so, uh, I mean, still congrats, like, it's still a big... For sure. Awesome. Yeah, I just find it nuts. And honestly, well handled, too, because, I mean, Rapid Strike, Urshifu, and stuff depend a lot on their special energy. It's not playing Path. So it got around a Duraludon. That's really good. Yeah. No, no, no. I, absolutely. Like, I think uh, I think of the decks played, like, Urshifu and Teleon was a very niche pick. Yeah. Right? Nobody was really prepping against it. <laughs> no. So that that's that's part of the reason it did so well. Was that nobody was really, like, people weren't really testing against it. They weren't really doing a lot of things against Urshifu and Teleon. So that's kind of, sometimes that can work for you in your favor. Like, if you play a deck that is still decent in the meta, but nobody, everybody forgot about it. Um, It's kind of like the, this is just going to, the Gengar. Yeah, I mean, it also reminds me of just like, it honestly reminds me of the cycle that happens whenever Mew becomes good again. Yeah. Mew win the tournament, everyone plays Dark. Then everyone plays yeah. like, yeah. no one plays dark, then Mew wins, and then they do it again, and it just goes back and forth. What happens is like, Mew wins, everybody starts playing Drapion, but then they're like, oh, Mew didn't win, it must not be a threat, and then everybody takes Dra- I can drop the Drapion. And then everybody drops Drapion, and then Mew wins again, because nobody's playing Drapion. Or Fusion Moop, Mew pops out and pops the Spiritomb on the bench with the Ice Q attack, like, <laughs> there's ways around it. It's very, it's very weird. Like, I just find it very, very, very... I should play Mew. Maybe that should be my deck. <sighs> I don't want to play Mew. I don't want to be a dirty Mew player. <laughs> well, you don't have to think much. You just have to empty your hand, then draw, empty your hand, and draw, and... <laughs> empty hand, draw, empty hand, draw. No, you have to You have to think. You have to think. I have played Mew players. Oh, yeah, you, you, need, you need some, like, you need some thought, but, like, a lot of it comes down to, can I dig to my answer? 
Yeah, essentially, yes. I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I just, I mean, I have Mew ready to go. I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to agree that it is Mew, that Mew is the deck we play. Uh, I don't want to agree. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there were still a good number of uh, decks that showed up. One of the things, so looking at uh, the day one, the day one to like day two shares of decks, um, I think there's a lot of interesting things that happened. Uh, one Gardevoir made up 25% of the day one field, um, which is the highest amount of any deck, which is really good, actually, by the way. That's actually really good. Like, that's a lot of diversity still. Um, but in day two, it dropped to 12%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's for a couple of reasons. One, I think Gardevoir does take some skill to pilot well. A lot, honestly. Like, to, to pilot well. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think it's a good deck. I just think to pilot it well and make those decisions, you need to actually play it well. Right. It's really, you got to know how to multiply. Um, on top of that, if you hit Lost Box too often, yeah, if you if you hit Lost Box too often, you really just, like, you don't finish games. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the, on- like, to be honest. Um, uh, surprisingly, um, Arceus decks uh, were the second biggest archetype, uh, and those actually increased into day two. Instead of being 16% of the total play, they went up to 19% of day two. Yeah. And I, I think I think it's honestly just because RCS decks are also just RCS decks are easy to run. They're and they're cons- they're inherently consistent in a best of three. Yes, yes, they are very consistent decks. Like e- like if it were me, honestly, right now, like because we were talking about potentially going to one of the regionals coming up, I think that like my call currently in my heart of hearts would either be Arctina or Arcdraldon. Like right now, Arc Drago, baby. <laughs> Arc Arc Drago? Did I hear Arc Drago? <laughs> Arc Drago, baby. It did do. It, it, I don't know if it made it. No, it made it to day two at least. It, I think it won seniors. I think it won seniors. Did it really? It made. The, that's funny. I didn't look because the one in uh the one on Masters like there was one on stream that went five zero. Yeah, no, no, there was there was an arc there was an arc Drago that did okay, but um yeah, it was uh the arc Arctina and Arceus uh Arceus Duraldon both did very well. Um, Lost Box was there, uh, 13% of the day one field, 17% of the day two field. Um, Lost Box is another deck that takes a lot of mental power to pilot. It's not just look at the top two and go from there. You've got to actually plan out because when you're getting rid of something forever. Lost Box is like super hard to pilot, honestly, because it's just like, you can, you get, you get, you can very easily, like, like, I, I'm not saying it's a bad deck, but my opinion on Lost Box is still the same. It's like, it's such a high risk, high reward deck. Because again, like, I still refer to that one, like, the one, like, feature match where you, like, the guy like, got, like, every, like, Tariff 2 or, like, Colbreath had, like, two energy in it or, like, three energy. It was like, oh my god. It's like, and then you just lose your energy and it's like, you're losing these resources that you have no way of getting and then you're just duck at a point you know it's also like you, can get, you can get those really good ones like ah cool it's like turn seven and i got like i got like really good card and i got battle vip easy yeah. choice yeah but then it's like cool here's two energy which one do you want it's like uh the purple one the purple one. Uh, it's also the whole thing with lost box the thing you've got to really pay attention to is especially now that they've done the hard pivot from doing cram for a lot of the game to doing sableye for a lot of the game Mm-hmm, damage yeah. counters at every step of the entire game matter. Those first couple damage hits you might do turn two are what wins you the game turn four. No, I no, it's a it's a game where you have to think turns ahead. You've got to have your roadmap laid out in front of you and you gotta know what is happening within a couple a couple actions. But yeah, I mean it's it's fine. It's doing okay because it's a cheap deck and people like it. It's a cheap deck and it's a good toolbox deck. 
pushes down so many other random things too. No, uh, uh, Lost Box is oppressive for a lot of single price decks. Yeah, it's just it prevents a lot of single price decks from entering the meta. I'm glad I don't have to look at United Wings. <laughs> I might test it a bit because I think it's I think it's okay. United Wings did okay. It's fine. It, it's okay. You're gonna have to now because it did okay. Oh, and people are gonna be like, look at this. Shemansky, Shemansky got on stream and did a, had a decent performance with it, so it's like, you're gonna have to look at it now. I mean, I, to be fair, his performance was against a Lugia deck, which is the next one on this list. It, it was 13% in day one, and it was 11% in day two, and I don't know that I blame that on Lugia being good or bad. I think I blame that more on people bringing wrong Lugia. Uh, I will say that person made, like, the worst play and they lost, so... They they benched a thing that could die to the thing and was like, ah, if he has a boss, I just lose. I'm going to play it. And then they just it got bossed and then they lost. So <laughs> they just put down yeah. an Urshifu and they just got, just got smacked. And it was like, okay, why did you do all right? You know, I'm like. No, no, you're thinking of a different stream. You're not thinking of the stream against uh against the. I Yes, I was. I They had single strike in there. I was, I watched the Shemansky feature. I mean, they all had single strike because that's the good one. But no, that was like, that was what lost the game was just, they just put them, the, like, they could have still possibly lost anyways, but like, it was the fact that they put down an easy target and then it just got sniped. Yeah. In addition to NAIC, which we've been mainly talking about, which happened as of recording like two weekends ago, or as of, not of recording, but of like release of the show, as of recording, a tournament just finished moments ago on Limitless that had 369 people in it. Guess what won first place? It was one of the Limitless ones, the Late Night Invitational. What, oh, it was the Late Night Invitational. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what what happened? It was Urshifu and Teleon. <laughs> I hate this. I hate I hate this time I hate this timeline. <laughs> it got 12 and 2 as its record. So there's something here. There's something here. There's probably there's probably something there. I think one is probably the confidence and I think two is just that I mean, there are probably a lot of players who thought like I did right now, where it's just like, this isn't going to happen again. I do think you still need to test against it. I do think you still need to test against it. Yeah, but I'm scrolling through. There's tons of... There's an Arceus Gyarados at 19th place. This is so cool. <laughs> Hold up. List. List. Give. 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 <laughs> list immediately. <laughs> okay, let's not do this on the show right now, but let's... Yeah, no, we'll talk about it later, but like... No, no, I just want a person. I don't, no, I'm not going to go over it. I just want, I just want it. <laughs> the thing is, like, we, we got a, we were in Silver Tempest meta forever. It felt like, like, since from November to the start of Scarlet Violet and even par- most of the beginning. It's very long because, like, I don't count, I honestly don't count anything we got in Crown Zenith as being important. Like, no, no. Sky Steelstone was interesting tech, but I don't ever think it was like meta defining. Uh, and I don't think anything else in that set was was really. The best thing that came out of it was the Zamazenta. That was it. But um, and even th- and even then, I don't even know if it did enough. It didn't continue to do anything here. It's. I mean, I don't see it in any lost box. Yeah, I don't see any lost. Well, Japan also has a different meta, but that's a completely different story. The thing is, like, I'm scrolling through the NAIC thing. I'm scrolling through this tournament that just finished a couple of minutes ago this big one there are so many different decks i i like this timeline i like this timeline no no i i like a i like a world in which uh lugia and uh, inteleon rushifu are in the same the eighth place lost box list from this had zamasenta in it what am I, whoa <laughs> right what, what timeline is this uh, it's fine yeah, there's a I mean there's a lot of things that are happening. It's very I mean this is a good time because I don't 
I don't know that there's like a wrong deck that you can bring, if that makes sense. Really? There's not. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a wrong deck you can bring right now. Um, you can win with it's it's like almost like the karen from gold and silver like you can win with your favorite if you really like flamigo you can take it and get 64th place at an 1800 person tournament like uh to be fair i do not think that will be able to happen again i think it could maybe it, it might it comes again it comes down to it comes down to matchups and meta it comes down to what you fight and hands and stuff like any deck can make it the only reason that alex shamansky was able to pilot um uh, United Wings. What's, I, I believe, I, I just believe it's like Shemansky just being a good player and knowing how, what to do and how the matchups. Shemansky is a good player. Um, and by good player, like, I feel like I should define what good player is to some extent. Um, I think it's somebody who even under pressure and after playing, you know, six rounds still isn't tired. <laughs> like that, 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 I mean, that's the honest answer. Like, you know, the deck and you know how to pilot it because my honest opinion, like, I, one of the things I heard on, uh, Twitter, um, was somebody asked like day two people who have made more than one day two like what's your advice and the number one piece of advice which i absolutely agree with um as somebody who's made zero day twos in their life <laughs> we're the authorities on this yeah I, i'm the authority right um is that you should uh you should just play something that you're comfortable with yeah you play something that you're comfortable with and then you'll will you will consistently make day two um which is i think why i did better with gudra than i did with lugia Yep. When I played in those two two regionals, like I think the reason I played with I played so well with Gudra. One, I played a lot of Gudra beforehand, so I was comfortable with Gudra. Um, and two, it was a deck that allowed me to not have to think as hard every game. I, you do have to think. Uh, you just didn't have to. I didn't have to be like, which attacker is my Lugia toolbox using today? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's less choices. <laughs> And even then, like, I think I, cause I, it was Lost Box Gudra, I still think it was easier doing the flower selectings than in Lost Box because in Gudra, there's just like a, there's like a tier list of cards that you need at all times. And you can always be like, this is better. Boop. <laughs> Moving on. You, you're, you're going, I'm just, the first thing, like, I just think of helmet decks and that's kind of what you're describing. It's like, there's like one game plan and it's like, this is your game plan. And so there's like maybe one or two modes you go for. It's kind of, it's what I consider Maridon to be. It's like, your goal is to get Maridon, 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 plus, like, attacker, utility, or whatever, and then you just, you just attack. You know, you go from there. Like, do I need this attacker or that attacker? Okay, cool, go for that attacker, continue the game plan. You don't have to really think too much, and that's why I liked about, um, things like Weezing, with, like, I don't have to think. It's, it's not a fun deck to play against, of course, but you don't have to, like, you're not straining your brain with all of these choices. Maybe your power, your, your, your feeling of your deck is not gonna be as high as something like a Lost Box Toolbox. But you don't have to make those game-determining choices that will just either win you or lose you the game, and you might not even know at that point. Like, ah, yeah, let me get rid of this energy now because I've got, like, three in hand that I need to shuffle back in. And it's like, the next thing you know, oh, turn, like, seven, I needed that one energy, and now I lost because I made a decision. Like, it it happens, too, of course, but, like, I I just, I like the deck that I don't have to think too much because that's also something going into these tournaments. It's like, you don't want to fry yourself game two or three, and then you have to play another five rounds with a fried brain. So what are some of the cool cards like from Paldea or coming up? Like, because I know that was kind of the next thing we were looking at doing. There's one card that I'm like, maybe it doesn't really matter, <laughs> but I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, I I wanted to bring it up because I think it's, it might not be good this very second. I think it's still fine, but like Fortress EX. Um, yeah. What, so 270 HP, uh, two grass, it does 120, you take 30 less. It doesn't matter. You're never attacking. The attack you, you're, you're not, you don't care about that. You care about the ability though. 
So once during your turn, you may search your deck for up to five basic grass energy cards, attach them to your Pokemon in any way you like, shuffle your deck, and then if you did search your deck, this Pokemon's KO'd. So they take two prizes. So for two prizes, you get to get five energy. Yeah, you can accelerate five energy. I mean, it does it does work okay with the Wochien. The Wochien's not bad. You know what else it works good with? Uh, what? Tell Draco. me, Seth. Trevenant V. Oh, Trevenant V2, yeah. I did hear about this, yeah. If you do the Foratress and explode it, they're down to four prizes. So you Iono them, because by that point that you're evolving the Foratress, you can actually play supporters regardless. So you Iono them down to four. Then you have Trevenant V, who has an attack that randomly takes a card from the opponent's hand and either, I think it shuffles it back. So you leave your opponent with three cards in their hand and also are doing damage to it with the stupid Trevenant to just slow them down and annoy them. All while you're charging up something else dumb on the bench, like the Wochien for bench damage or a Regidrago. And a little sneak peek at Obsidian Flame is, we didn't get it in our Paldea set, but uh, the the Tentacruel, or Toad's Cruel EX, which does like... Toad's Cruel, yeah. For two grass, does 80 plus 40 for each grass, and it also has the SBN VMAX ability, so anything with energy is just unaffected by what attack, or effects of attacks. Effects of attacks. It will definitely synergize with that. I don't know if that'll be... Might, I'm not going to say it's going to be the top tier, but the fact of the matter... It kills Lost Box by itself. It does. Because Sableye's damage counter dropping is an effect of an attack. And so any Pokemon you have an energy on, if you've got the Toad's Cruel out and there's nothing weird like a path to the peak in play, blocks anything that Sableye does. That, no, that's true. I just don't know how good it's going to be. We'll see, though, I guess. I, I just want... I mainly want to bring Fortress because this is the card that just gets you five energy out for two yeah. prizes. Yeah, that hurts. But this is like, this is a way if anything just needs generic energy or if we get grass stuff in the future, this is like what you're going to use. Yep. Okay. Like, it, it's, an, it's a five energy acceleration for two prizes. Does that hurt? But yeah, but if that wins you the game, you know. And there's weird things you can do by manipulating the prizes like the Iono Trevenant combo. There's, it, you can take advantage of it very easily. Yeah. And like, there's the, the toolbox. Like you said, we said Wochian, you could use it. You could use a Toad's Core, you could use a Trevenant. There might be more stuff coming out in future sets that can use the Grass Energy stuff. It's it's just something to mention, because you never know. I want to move on so we don't keep talking about Fortress. Let's talk about cards that matter now. We did. This is all this is all bulk right now, right? Yeah, this is all bulk now. We talked about the most uh, determinative card. We just have to fill the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we got we got some good water things, both in Chien Pao EX, which gives you Shivery Chill. Uh, which is essentially uh, Capacious Bucket. Capacious Bucket! As long as it's active, though. It has to be active, which is kind of awkward, uh, but it's not terrible. It's it's like Flower Select. It's a Flower Selecting version of Capacious Bucket, so it can only be used once while it's active. While it's active. The attack also isn't terrible. I mean, it for two water energy, uh, it's essentially like a lighter version of the Kyurem attack. Kyurem or Ice Rider? Except it's any Pokemon that, that it's you can discard an amount of water from any Pokemon. This attack does sixty for each one. You are correct. I do agree with that. Um, and so uh, you can't. I mean, it's uncapped damage, which is always nice. I like when it's uncapped as opposed to like. I mean, the upcoming Blastoise is yeah. The upcoming Blastoise is only two, right? It's only two, but it's also like that hits for enough damage. It's still for two eighty damage. The the numbers the numbers seem to be there. You mentioned it, I'm, I'm just going to cover it now, too, to degree, because it's kind of like, I was going to mention it, but the Blastoise is essentially from the 151. It's got a 30 per, or thirty damage less ability, so it takes 30 less damage from attacks. And then for two water, it does 140 times the amount of water energy you discard from your hand, up to two. 
So you pitch, so for example, you shiver each show for two, Blastoise will, if you, and then you switch to the Blastoise, the Blastoise for two energy can go, pitch those two, do 240, which is pretty good on a 340 with taking 30 less. It's kind of dumb. I don't know how good it will be if you can't put enough energy on, but you could probably cycle it with Melanie's and stuff. Well, you, Melanie does not work with them. Oh, it doesn't work because it's not a V. Yep. But to getting the energy on, you have Bex Caliber. You do have Bex Caliber. My worry is that with the Blastoise, which is also a stage two, with the well, my problem, my worry is with the with the Blastoise that like I think the concept is there. I just think that I don't know if you can fit it into a sixty card deck. Well, honestly, with the Blastoise, you just got to fit an extra like four cards, and I would say maybe five or six, depending on the line you want to run. But like you have the you have the engine with the Bex Caliber already with the Irida and the Burkandi. I don't disagree with you. That's not what I. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what you're getting. You still have to fit it in a 60-card deck without cutting other stuff, but I'm saying there might be a way because you already have engine requires requirements. Because Chi and Pao is already a deck, and it has a lot of cards in it already. That is my, my biggest thing, and I, I think Blastoise is better damage output than Chi and Pao, in my opinion, but yeah, we'll have to see. There is the new Baxcalibur as well that's getting played in Chi and Pao, which has the super cold ability. Yeah. It's essentially like the Frostmoth from Sword and Shield, where you can just attach as much basic energy as you want. I just want to make sure that people know this. Yeah. What we're talking about. I don't want to jump ahead. Like, we know what we're talking about, but some people might not. Yeah. Right? There's a general audience, so they need to know what's going on. Stage 2 Frostmoth from Sword, or Sword and Shield is all you really need to know. Well, not really. If you haven't played the card game, they don't know what that is. Uh <laughs> As it's fair too, yeah. It's, I guess it, it's rain. It's rain dance Blastoise from base set. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's also, uh, I mean, there's a couple other fun cards. Uh, there's the Mimikyu, which is cute, which just prevents all damage. It's Miltank. It, yeah, it prevents all damage from Pokemon uh, opponents, Pokemon EX and V, and then it can do seven damage counters on the active for a, a psychic and a colorless. Yeah, it's good enough. It's literally just mil. It's just Miltank. It's just Miltank. A blocker 2.0. It'll be cool in a deck that I want to talk about with a card that's coming up later. Not on this list, but later in a set. One day. It'll come up one day. Uh, there's uh, uh, there's also the Spiritomb, uh, which just prevents uh, basic Pokemon V from having abilities. You know what is really cool with that one? The fact that it broke live. That it broke live, yeah, ha. Huh. We all know the Spiritomb basically exists, and its ability basically says, you counter Mew VMAX. That's basically what the ability is saying, in a sense. But you know what else it does? It's like, here's a new Mew counter. What else it does, which is really funny and cool to see splashed into Gardevoir decks specifically, is part of the problem that Gardevoir was having was random things like Alolan Vulpix would block all damage from Pokemon with abilities which most of Gardevoir has, including the Zacian V that they use as one of their primary early attackers. It allows you to counter that by saying you don't have abilities, so then you can attack. If you put your own Spiritomb down, you get rid of your own Zacian's ability and can get around the Vulpix. I love that so much. So in NAIC, there's an Arceus pile that got into the top eight. Yep. And what they did was they uh, would play Spiritomb with the Slaking V. Yep. Which I thought was very cute when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, Slaking V, uh, for those of you at home from the Pokemon Go set, um, it, it has this ability called Kind of Lazy to kind of mimic the uh, truant. truant the truant ability in the game. Instead of being able to attack all the time, the Pokemon can only attack if it, there are two, four, or six prize cards remaining on your side of the field. And you can kind of just get around this by just playing uh, Spiritomb. It, it like it really rem reminds me of just like neutralizing gas plays that were happening with uh, with Regigigas. 
back in uh the in vgc on on in sword and shield it, it is very reminiscent of that because they're just like yeah you have no abilities now and so now you can just do 260 for funsies i think the biggest thing with the spirit tomb is that it doesn't have to be an active too when look, looking at the card it's just you just play it on the bench and then it's just there and it's like oh that, it's just there it's like it's an actual like viable attack you can play in a lot of decks now and, and it is and it is basic v's so you uh things like Things like Umbreon V Max can still do their thing, and RCS V Star can still do their thing. Right. Yeah. But I I do find it very very cute. And I guess the note too it says Pokemon V, so it doesn't count like basic EXs, which is yes. So uh, they're doing it mostly as like a Mew counter. Um, another deck that was uh that came out that might be good one day. I don't know. It feels like it might be good one day. Um, and it's like moderately okay now. I would say it's like tier three or something. Is the Tinglu deck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ability is as long as, you know, Tinglu is in the active, um, if there's any Pokemon on your opponent's side that have any damage counters on them at all, they no longer have abilities, with the exception of Pokemon EX, which yeah. is makes things kind of awkward because we're starting to shift into a realm where Pokemon EX are important. And especially yeah. in a tournament where like Chien Pao was uh was starting to see people pick it up and play it. Uh, it made things awkward because Chien Pao still worked. Uh, reg- you could put damage counters uh, because the attack is land scoop where you do 150 to the active, but then you can just drop two damage counters onto another Pokemon. Uh, so it, it kind of has some like internal synergy in the card itself. Right. I yeah. think the only problem with Ting Lu is there's no good fighting energy acceleration because that is three fighting energy. It's not good though. No. No. And it ends your turn for two from the discard that so requires setup and then it says you can't play for the rest of the turn. Yep. Yeah, but like if we get good fighting acceleration or like maybe a really good spreader, which I think we're getting an obsidian, we're getting an okay one in obsidian flames. Yes, I mean it works really well with the Halucha, right? You can play the Halucha and get damage counters everywhere. A Halucha will hit two things, and then this will come in, and it can stop their ability. And then you can hit two other things or hit one other thing, I guess. It does. I mean, it it's okay in that. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's just I think that. I think the fighting acceleration really needs to happen. Yeah. And it's just not there. Like, even it, I'm not saying we need like electro generator type acceleration, but even something where it's just like, hey, you get like one extra fighting energy. If we get like a better gutsy pickaxe. Yeah. A better gutsy pickaxe, I think would be better. Like, it's something that's almost like Gardevoir's ability, uh, the baby Gardevoir's ability, um, where you can draw three cards and attach any energy that you find there. I, I think if we had something where it was just like pick up, you know, a card and if it's energy, attach, and if not, discard. That is what like Gutsy Pickaxe is. <laughs> oh, that is what Gutsy Pickaxe is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you look at the top card, if it's energy, you put it, you can attach it to like a benched or something. Otherwise you can just add it to your hand, I believe, or discard it or something like that. We just we need some more synergy with like the energy acceleration to do something because what we Crydon's not the energy acceleration we need. It's hard. It's hard to compare, like, make Crydon good when you have, like, I just think of, like, oh, well, and my turn, but it's also, like, energy acceleration. The go Blastoise that just goes, hey, get six energy from your deck at any energy. And it's like, okay. Crydon is, uh, for those of you at home who aren't aware, Crydon EX is, uh, is from Scarlet and Violet, and it has the ability Dino Cry. Um, and if you have, I think it's like, what is it, two or three fighting energy from the discard? Two, I believe. It's two. You attach up the two energy. And you can attach it to any of your Pokemon, essentially, Fighting-type energy. Uh, the problem is it ends your turn. Yep. So you can't do that and then attack with Tinglu. Like, you do that, and that is your turn, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. It makes Tinglu a slower deck. To be fair, if it were faster, it might be too oppressive. Yeah, it, it, it's a hard thing to balance to, like... Oh, also, let's just, let's go... I need to... I'm going to read it word for word, because it's even worse. Oh, no. 
Uh, once during your turn, you may attach, essentially the same, may attach up to two basic fighting energy cards from your discard pile to your basic fighting Pokemon in any way you like. And then your turn ends. Basic fighting Pokemon? Ugh. Yep. That's so... Blech. So it's like, it's so restrictive, and then it ends your turn. Might as well say, only on Tuesdays can you use this ability. And then you scoop, because you can't win. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it just needs like a little bit of something to be good. Honestly, all they had to do was just, like, hey, you can attach, like, one fighting from your discard to your Pokemon, and, like, you can only use Dino Cry once per turn, and I think it would have been fine. Yeah, I think that would have been better. Putting a hard once per turn on the ability itself called Dino Cry and not ending your turn, I think, would have been fine. No, but see, the age of dinosaurs is over, so that's why it ends your turn. I do want to move on so we're not hung up on Tinglu for too long. There's a tremendous amount of support that Paldea Evolved introduced. Yeah, Paldea Evolved did introduce, like, some decent support, like, because that's about where we're at. Well, with the- with the- Like, Choice Belt! Wait! Choice Belt reprint. No, no, I like this because, uh, I like this because, um, as somebody who's been in and out of the TCG, one thing I have been able to notice is that when we get a new block of cards, right, like the Sword and Shield block, like, they just kind of pretend other ones don't exist. They've been very good, especially as of late. Like, especially, I, I think with an F block, they've really started to do this thing. And I, I guess Sword and Shield kind of kicked it off where they're like, hey, these are these cards that are probably going to be just like playable forever, such as Professor's Research and Boss's Orders. I really like that they're showing respect and like forward thinking, like Path of the Peak, as annoying as it is as a card. The idea of a rule box and writing rules to the rule box is very good. They wrote they wrote rules to the rule box and not to Pokemon V and not to Pokemon EX or Pokemon GX. It makes me wish that they would have like choice bracelet that just does 20 extra damage to anything with a rule box. I don't think they'll do that. And I think honestly, the answer is because money. Because they got to get you to buy the next set. <laughs> that, well, that is how they prevent like power creep from being real in the game. This is their, this is their, like, solution to power creep in a way. It's like, they make it wording in certain ways. Like, the Spirit Tomb, there's a reason it doesn't say EX on it as well, instead of just V. Exactly. Which, I, I'm just glad to see, though, that they are, like, they don't need to do everything saying Rulebox. They don't need to. But I'm glad we're getting, I'm glad we're getting that, that, a little, like, slight shimmer of, here's some, like, basic, like, staple cards throughout the entire game, most likely, of, like, past- I like that they haven't ignored the fact that V Pokemon are still in play, right? Yeah. Uh, it's very nice. But there were, uh, Squawkabilly EX just came out too. Um, it's our new Crobat slash Dedene GX. Um, Crobat just lets you play it. You could draw up to six cards. Dedene, uh, GX back in the day, you would discard your hand and draw six cards. I like this one though. This one I think is the most balanced and less, least spammy of them all. Yeah. Yeah. It forces you to not be able to play like six of them in a deck. This is Squawkabilly EX. You don't care about anything. Like, it's got 160 HP. It's a flying type. There's an attack where, uh, for one colorless, 20 damage, and you can attach two basic energy cards from your discard pile to one of your bench Pokemon. Like, it's better than the Karidon. Because <laughs> <laughs> it still ends your turn, but you're doing damage. At least it's not something that has a absolutely useless attack and is just for the ability. The attack can get you out of a s- situation. Yeah, uh, but you don't, you don't play it for that. You play it for the Squawk and Seize ability. Uh, that it does have. Um, and this is, I love the way it's written because this is the best way I think this ability has been implemented mm-hmm. in over a decade. Uh, Squawk and Seize is once during your first turn, you may discard your hand and then draw six cards. You can't use more than one Squawk and Seize ability during your turn. I like, they've been adding that since the Dinetic GX. Yes. Yep. 
and they uh the once per turn part that is uh because shaman was bad you could play like four shaman in a turn that was nuts yeah they they're, they're finally like as i said earlier too like Yu-Gi-Oh calls it hard once per turn because they'll say like this this thing's name once per turn and then it says squawk and seize ability during your turn so you can't like you can't use seven of them in a turn because as you said shaman people would just like you would just go turbo with shaman and empty your hand kind of like how Bibarel is in a way but this is the thing of you just play it and it works instead of having to evolve it and having a once per turn you can just like cycle these shaman and just keep drawing yeah the even better though is it also just says once during your first turn which i really like yes it's not the squawk ability is useless the rest of your game yeah, so that's why it's stopping people from playing, like, four of them. You just play, like, one or two, you search it out, and then you get your draw and discard, and then you're done, you know? And you know what else is great? When you when you inevitably, after all your testing and all your practicing and all your deck planning and everything, when you inevitably start Squawkabilly and only Squawkabilly every game, you can still use the ability because it's not an enter or from your hand ability. It's it's not a uh, it's not a bad start in a way technically cuz yeah, it's like I like Squawkability. I like it a lot. I love it. Right, so good on you Squawkability. Uh moving on, we do have the United Wings Pokémon. Uh well, it's not it's more than Flamigo, right? Like Flamigo It's more than Flamigo, but Flamigo's like in a way it's like one of the better ones. There's always a budget deck that shows up eventually that's just like get a bunch of these Pokémon on the discard, do damage. Uh, do lots of damage, I should say. Uh, because it ba- this all started in, like, I, every set's kind of repeating itself now, or every block. Phantom Force. Night March, baby. Yeah, way back in the day, we had Night March, uh, in X and Y format, um, where it was just dump a bunch of Pokemon in the, di- in the discard, and they're gonna do like 30 damage per Pokemon there. Mm-hmm. And you could build it for like 20, you could build it for like 20 bucks, because they were all commons. Yep. Uh, technically, it was uh, it was more because of like one card, but yeah, most of it was cheap. I think a lot of it you had to be playing Shaman to like do really well at the end. <laughs> well, a uh, battle compressor went up in price. That was the one thing that was like worth money, and that was like to get, like it's not a lot. It still it was like I think maybe fifteen or twenty for the playset. Oh yeah, which yeah, is yeah. not even that much in a way, but like it that was like but every it was mostly like commons minus like the the high end utility stuff like a Shaman if you were playing. Yeah, you know. Uh, then there's also, uh, but yeah, there, there's that. The Flamigo, um, uh, on the other hand, is, uh, using the ability United Wings, which is 20 energy, or 20 damage per United Wings Pokemon in the discard. Uh, and right now, it's not just Flamigo that has it. Uh, there's, uh, a Murkrow that has it. There's also a Watchrill. You ha- essentially, you, you have lightning. So the Flamigo and the Watchrill have the attack for two color, so you can use the double turbo energy to power it up. You do 20 less damage, but that's fine. You just, kind of cancel out one of the United Wings Pokemon in your discard. The Murkrow does it for one dark, but the thing is that gives you lightning and dark to attacking power, attacking typing, so you can deal with, like, Gardevoir, Mew, Lugia. Gardevoir? Is Gardevoir weak to dark? Yeah, Gardevoir EX is weak to dark. Oh. The baby Gardevoirs, the not EXs? Right, they're, they're metal. Weak to yeah. Yeah, but the EX is weak to dark. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You have some decent type advantage on it. Mm-hmm. Which is what, like, one of the things. Yeah, and the Flamigo is also really good because when you put one on your bench, you can just grab the other three from your deck. Yeah. You have to play it from your hand onto your bench, though. Yeah. You could have the Squawk ability turn one with the Flamigo, and then you just discard three of them, and you're ready to go. Yeah, they just become, like, discard spotter, and you can pair it with the, the Ghost slash Crown Venus Ditto to use the United Wings attack from the discard. Yep. yep. So you can get a full power attack. Yeah, and a couple more uh, support supporter cards that I wanted to talk about. Bravery Charm came out. Uh, this is literally just new um, 
New cape? Cape of toughness. Cape of toughness, but not restricted to, uh, non-GXs or whatever it was. It's like, it can, it's any basic Pokemon. Yeah, any basic Pokemon gets plus 50 HP. Goes great on balloons. Uh, well, okay, balloon I don't think turned out to be as good as people wanted it to be, but... No. Then we also, uh, have Ayano, the card that we were always talking about. Yeah! Ayano is, uh, is a card. I don't know how I feel about it. I love uh, it. It is popular. It's mixed of, like, some of the, two of the, like, they're good cards, but they're also somewhat hated in a way, because they just disrupt. Disruption, I think, needs to exist in Pokemon, first of all. Um, I, I think that, uh... I think that Judge makes sense. I thought Marnie was a perfect card for game speed, in all honesty, because you don't have to shuffle your deck. You just put your hand on the bottom of your deck and you draw four cards. Thank goodness. Uh, Ayano at least, like, carries that over, but then it also, uh, it adds in a little bit more pain and suffering, uh, because Ayano does go ahead and say, instead of drawing four cards, you draw as many cards as you have prize cards left, like the old card uh, N where it was just both players shuffle their hand into their deck and then draw as many cards as they have prize cards remaining. Um, it's a little bit of both. I do like putting your hand on the bottom of the deck, though. I really like that for so many reasons. Like, as a defensive play... I enjoy it for, like, you just put it on the bottom and then draw more so you dig more technically. I do I do enjoy that. No, you do get to see more things, right? You don't get to get repeats, and you, you also get to see... I mean, it's a good way to punish your opponent too, right? If you know your opponent has something in their hand, you know it's at the bottom of their deck now. Uh, so I, I do like, I do like bottom of the deck, honestly, just for game speed. Like, regardless of the statistics, just for game speed. You just have to shuffle your hand real quick and then you just like cut, no cut, okay? Exactly. And nobody cuts, nobody cuts Ionos. Like, no, it's just the fact you have to offer because if you don't, you can technically get sharked. Yep. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to cut people's Ionos. You should when you get later up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And also we get the uh, Return of Special Energy, this set. Yes. So for like the first two weeks the set was out, I refused to read Luminous Energy for some reason. And for some reason I thought it was similar to Reversal Energy where you had to be down by prizes. And I was absolutely wrong. Yep. Yeah. So Luminous Energy is our new like multicolor energy. I actually like the way it's done because it prevents things like the Amazing Rares from being absolutely abused. Because Luminous Energy... Uh, is your Aurora or your Rainbow Energy or whatever any we've had lots of energy in the Pokemon TCG that give you every color of energy at once. Um, but this one only says you can only have one special energy total attached to your Pokemon. If not, it just gives you one colorless energy to that Pokemon. So that Pokemon can't have more than one. You can't put a double turbo on it. You can't put, you know, three luminous energy on it. You can't put a jet energy. It doesn't work in Lugia. That's basically what this energy card says. <laughs> Yeah, it, it stops Lugia from, like, doing stupid stuff with the card. I like it. Same. I like it. I think the way it is handled is very good, and I am happy with it. We also got Reversal Energy, which is crazy cool. They gave us a lot of, like, uh, cards that are just like, if you're down, you can come back. I, l I love a lot of these. Like, Reversal Energy um, is three types of energy. It's three energy of any type, all in one card, uh, if you're down in the prizes. So if your opponent has more prizes than you, or less prizes than you, you can do this. It's going to give you three energy. If not, it's just one colorless energy. Uh, there's more to this. I, I can't be on a rule box Pokemon. It has to be on an evolution yes. that does not have a rule box. Yes. And then it just, then it does a three of any type of energy. And the moon must be in a waxing crescent phase, and your middle name must start with an X. You make that joke, but like, reversal energy is actually like playable. Very playable, especially in Gardevoir. Yeah. The Gardevoir decks are playing. Every, like, I think every deck except for one that was in top 32 with Tinkaton. I guess you could use a baby Tinkaton for that, yeah. 
just throw it on the baby Tinkaton, do 180. Heck yeah. You know, reversal energy, especially in single prize decks where the idea is that you're going to go down in prizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good. Like, it's it's very good. Or in the future of Fortress with a stage two Nani X. <laughs> yep. Stop. There you go. Not wrong. I'm not stopping. Never stopping. Going fast, like jet energy. It's, a, jet it's another energy. special energy that provides colorless. And then it's just essentially it pivots from the bench to the active if you attach it from your hand. With all these new special energy, we got like a new version of Lugia that wasn't the single strike variant. Yeah. Uh, where everybody's trying to play colorless Lugia. And one, I think it's very, very cute because you can play the Weird Deer V. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And Weird Deer, Weird Deer V has, a, has an ability where if it switches from the bench to the active... Um, it just, it can, you can move all of the energy from all of your other Pokemon to Weirdeer, and its attack does damage based on how much energy is attached to Weirdeer. So you can just yank it up into the deck. So, so like very, so like late game, you could just be like Weirdeer on bench, attach jet energy, boom, take all the energy that's on everything else and just push it on the Weirdeer. Um, and do, you can realistically do like 360 damage that turn. Out of nowhere. Out of no, like uh, seemingly out of nowhere. Um, and jet energy is really cool. I also like it just as like a kind of a switch if you can fit it into the deck. I've loved it in Arceus variants because if you do the double turbo attach turn one and you starbirth turn two for jet energy, then you don't have to find the switch and you've got all three energy on Arceus and you have a free card to search basically. Yep. Yeah. It, it is a very cute uh, tech card and I really like it. I like it a lot. And the final one we got that's useful is uh, therapeutic energy, which just prevents you from being... A sleep confuser paralyzed. It stops the uh, Lugia counter number, whatever it was. It stops a lot of things. I My favorite use of this energy so far is in that colorless Lugia deck. For the Snorlax? Yeah. To the Snorlax from Lost Origins. You can slap the therapeutic energy and a double turbo on it with one Archeops. And you're doing, you know, 160 with Thumping Snore. And it says that the that Snorlax is supposed to fall asleep after you use that attack. Oh! But Snorlax can't fall asleep now. <gasps> oh my gosh because the snorlax is also a basic you slap a brave charm on it you got a snorlax doing 160 with 200 hp yeah and right now we are in like a two at ko format oh my gosh i hate that actually 200 hp is the same amount as like a lot of basic v's yeah you won't be able to get o code gardevoir may i remind you can only do 190 uh gardevoir ex it only does 190 so you can actually do a lot with that snorlax I didn't even put that together. Oh my god. So it's just to read specifically, it, when it's, the Pokemon this card is attached to recovers from being either asleep, confused, or paralyzed, and then it cannot be affected by those conditions. So it'll cure it of those three only, and then it will just prevent that. It does not stop poison or, uh, burn. That's true. It does stop the thing that stop you from playing, essentially. That's what I was about to say. It stops the thing preventing you from attacking. Wow. Okay. But yeah, no, like, it's the fact that these, these might not like, it might not come up immediately, but there might be something, too. It's just, it just does help to have extra, like, random special energies for attacks. Like, Jet Energy will see play in, like, maybe the one of index, too. Just because it's, it's either, it's powering up and it's a pivot. It's a switch, which is nice. I think there will eventually be a very cute Wigglytuff deck that uses this, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, because there is a Wigglytuff that searches the therapeutic once per turn. And it allows you to attach. It allows you to attach. Yeah. Wow. EX gets like 100 extra HP if it has any special energy. Yeah, I think it's 250 HP, so it ends up with like 350 effectively. The attack is like, it depends on the supporter though, which is a little meh, but... I don't think it's going to be a good deck. I think it's going to be a good, fun deck. 
it might be it might be that it's gonna be the better version of oink alone i think yes yes it's gonna be it's gonna be like our new blissey yeah it'll be like that like random like just colorless control-esque deck that's like it's like not super control but it's like you're running like couple hammers you're running these option like control tools and you're just kind of like you're probably running you're probably running a Mimikyu, and it's literally just gonna be it's gonna be a good time i'm actually really excited for it but mostly because i think decks like that are very fun to play because a lot of people don't expect it. My favorite thing is my favorite memory is still from like last year when we went to NAIC. I was I was trying to play like Ice Rider Palkia and it just wasn't working. And so I just switched to Bliss EV. And the number of times my opponents had to like look at the mill tank to see what it did. <laughs> yep. And didn't understand that like their decks just wouldn't work. Uh was that was my favorite thing. I love I think it's still to this day, like anytime you play any TCG match and your opponent has to look at the card, you just feel really good. Yeah. Like when they have to read it. No, I totally, I, I get that feeling. I still, I still have fond memory, mem- uh, memories of the Kecleon moment. The Kecleon moment. <laughs> and I'm excited for what, what we know is coming in Obsidian and 151 and what we don't know is coming. It'll be fun. We know 151. I, I'm very shocked that we still don't know what's Obsidian, but like it's, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Nothing from Obsidian. I am super excited about just yet. Alakazam, baby. Yeah, that's not Obsidian. That's not Obsidian. I know, but it's that's what I'm excited for. It's <laughs> the stupid Alakazam. I think I think the next time we do one of these shows, it's gonna literally be like with two new sets, which is kind of nuts to think about. It might be three, but we'll see. Oh my gosh. It'll be at least two new sets. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, that is gonna be it for this show. Uh we're gonna or this this topic. We are gonna go ahead and uh end it there, guys. And we are gonna kick it on over to our Pokemon of the episode. We will catch you on the flip-flop. Pokemon of the episode. Welcome to our Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 503, Samurott, the formidable Pokemon. It's Legends Arceus Dex entry, because that's the one we're looking at, reads... Hard of heart and deft of blade, this rare form of Samurott is a product of the Pokemon's evolution in the region of Hisui. Its turbulent blows crash into foes like ceaseless pounding waves. Yeah. Yeah. Hisuian Samurott, baby. Hisuian Samurott. Uh, Hisuian Samurott is a dark water type. Wow. With the same... With almost the exact same stats is uh, regular Samurott, except they distributed them way better. Um, they gave him... Uh, no. Uh, it, all they did... Well, kind of. It's faster than regular Samurott. Um, so by it's 15. Vi- by 15, which is a lot. Um, they But they took out that 15 by digging out from the HP, the defense, and the special defense. They all decreased those by 5. So it's 90 ah, HP, okay. 80 defense, 65 special defense. Um, and they switched the, they swapped the attack and special so attack. So every stat was touched. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Every, every single stat. It's very rare for that wow. to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So usually it's just like, we move 10 from this one to that one. And then they're done. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This one, they, they just like, they're like, Samurott sucks. And then they just made it good. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, which is kind of shocking. The dark typing is also like very welcome in all honesty. Uh, and Ceaseless Edge is also a good move. Um, Ceaseless mm-hmm. Edge is its signature move. Um, and what it does in Generation 9 is it actually, it does, it is base 65 damage and 
Uh, it's also boosted by sharpness, which can be the hidden ability of Hisuian Samurai. Um, and it also sets up one layer of spikes. And it's got 90% accuracy, so your hazards can miss? Yes. <laughs> which is hilarious. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of nuts. I mean, it gets stabbed, so this is essentially like a base 90-something move. Uh, yeah. Powered up by sharpness, which is... plus which stab. Is plus sharpness. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, it's, it's 90 with stab. Uh, yeah. With plus another 50% with sharpness. Uh, and then, yeah, so it's... Oh my gosh, it's insane. It's, it's just so much. Uh um, it's it's decent. <laughs> note that it does not, in fact, have a uh, higher crit ratio, even though the description says it does. Well, because it's still the description from PLA. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, it's still the rest of its move pool is pretty decent, as like I said, it still gets it. It still gets the bug type moves that Samurai's known for. It still gets. Not- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Samurai always got bug type moves. It always got Mega Horn. It always got like Fury Cutter. Uh, because those are like the slashing moves, and that's Samurai's yeah, thing. Bug, bugs, but also cutting. Yeah, moves. bugs, but also cutting. It's like a narwhal. It's fine. It's a narwhal otter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, Samurai, cool. Edgy, if you will. Ceaselessly. It, edgy. I was hoping that the Samurai v, V-Star card would be good one day, but it never happened. <laughs> uh, it never happened. Womp womp. All right, but we've got a team. It is BSS. We are about to start Summer League this week. Uh, at the Puckle Podcast, and Woo. we are going to go ahead and uh, this is the BSS team. You could take this team and use it against the gym leaders uh, during uh, Summer League. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Our first uh, Pokemon is obviously Samurott, uh, Hisuian Samurott, because that's the good one. Uh, it's got it's holding an assault vest because he's just going to go do Samurott thing, and it, he uh, has uh, Fairy Terra type because that's a great Terra type to resist fighting types which are probably the things that are going to try to punch it. And you've got uh, 188 HP, 252 attack, 4 defense, 4 special defense, 60 speed, because you honestly don't need to go that fast. Um, out of it nature, because we're going to hit hard with our ceaseless edge. Uh, Aqua Cutter is also there for additional physical water type damage. Terra Blast, so you can get some fairy coverage, uh, and as well as Sucker Punch. Um, we also have uh, last week's Pokemon of the episode, Cleavor. Um, Ooh. Uh, also with sharpness. <laughs> Aqua Cutter, by the way, is also boosted by sharpness. In case it is, yeah, it is. Yes, it's better than the other water physical yeah. move just because yes. of that. Uh, you also get uh, it's Ghost Terra type for defensive reasons. Uh, two fifty two attack, four special defense, two fifty two speed, adamant nature because we're gonna hit hard. Stone Axe, so you can set up those rocks as well as those spikes in BSS of all things. Oops, uh, all hazards. Oops, all yeah. Oops, all hazards. I feel like it just depends on like. I feel like you pick Cleavor or Samurott on this team when you pick your three. Um, it's got Stone Axe, X-Scissor, Night Slash, and Faint. Um, fun times all around. Yeah, you have the Thash, I think, also. I think the Thash is just to make sure you can get the rocks off at the very least. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, and then next up, uh, we've got Mimikyu with a Life Orb. Disguise, of course. Uh, Terra Water for bulky water types. Uh, you've got a... a 208 or that 228 hp investment 236 attack and then 44 defense with an adamant nature with play rough shadow sneak trick room and curse because uh yeah you have trick room trick room is the main thing it's because next we have probably one of the best pokemon from pla is uh earth luna yes <laughs> with the flame warping guts uh you're gonna hurt things you're terra normal so your facade does more damage 
Uh, has 140 HP, 252 attack, and 116 special defense investment. I had to think for a second. <laughs> uh, brave nature for a trick room. Um, facade, headlong rushed, ice punch, drain punch. This thing gets the flame orb off. It's gonna hurt. Yeah. It's gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. It's also probably why you've got, like, ghost terrors and ghost types on here, just to stop this thing from smacking with facade. Yep. Mm-hmm. One interesting thing about the mimic you I want to mention, it's holding yeah. a life orb and it's got 228 HP investment. Yes. That is a life orb number. Yep. So, yes. For those of you at home who don't know what that means, life orb numbers are any HP value that ends with a nine. Because of how the math works out, life orb taking 10%, normally you would faint after 10 attacks. With an HP stat that ends in 9, the way the game rounds that damage it inflicts on you, you actually get 11 attacks off. Yep. Not that Mimikyu's gonna not be hit, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, might right? as well, yeah. just in case, you might as well. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you probably don't need the full <laughs> HP investment, too. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. And that's what the extra is thrown into defense for, because why not? So, I'll take us home. We've got Iron Bundle holding Booster Energy. Its ability is, of course, Quark Drive, and its terra-type is Ghost, probably for, you know, Extreme Speeds and Ursalunas. The EVs are really simple. 252 Special Attack, 4 Special Defense, and 252 Speed with a Timid Nature. Max Attack, Max Special, Max Speed. Going hard, hit fast. Yeah. Yay. Move set of Freeze Dry, Hydro Pump, Substitute, and Encore. Yay. That's the uh that's the iron bundle doing what Delibird I mean Iron Bundle does. Yeah, Iron Bundle doing Iron Bundle thing. Yep. Encore is kinda cool to mess with a yeah. setup yeah. move or something, especially with how fast you are. You're going fast, you click sub, they use a weird move, you click encore, and then you can tear it into go so they can't hit you with that encore move. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or even do it all at once. Like <laughs> yeah. Knows? Then you've got Thunderous Therian as the last Pokemon, holding a Citrus Berry. Ability is, of course, Volt Absorb, its only option. Terra-type is Water, because a Water with Volt Absorb is kinda neat. EVs are 52 HP, 12 Defense, 188 Special Attack, 4 Special Defense, and 252 Speed with a Timid Nature. Fast and moderately hard-hitting Thunderous. Moveset is simple, it's Thunderbolt, Terra Blast, Nasty Plot, and Taunt. Good, good, good. Good thunder, thundy, thundero. These are team. Uh, Oddly halted by a grass type, but whatever. Actually, I'm gonna use this because I have to build my team still for summer league. <laughs> so, uh, BRB, gotta copy this homework real quick. BRB. Uh, so, oh wow. Yeah, I have to. I still have to sit down and build. I think I'm ground type this year. I did it mostly for Ursulina. Uh, that's what's nice. uh, yeah, that's what's you. on the uh, Discord right now. His ground. That sounds like what I said. I don't remember. Uh, that's why I'm that's here. That's what's been said of the ground type. So I have been shoehorned in there because I probably said it once. All right. Well, if you want to try this team out, it'll be on the Discord. Uh, we're not giving it away to the patrons because the patrons are getting advent calendar stuff instead uh be sure to go over to patreon if you want that instead i think some of the most of these pokemon are actually in the advent calendar anyway so oh i will i will i will confirm three of them are yes i think at least half of these are in the advent calendar. i i i have a i i built the advent calendar stuff so yes yes, three of them are (laughs) they may not be available to uh everyone you might have to be a patreon to get to some of them but they are all available they'll be around yes all right but yeah that is going to be it for the Pokemon the episode. We are going to kick things on over to our mailbag. It's 
time. Send in your emails. Welcome to our mailbag. The mailbag is the part of the show where you can send us an email in at pucklepodcast at gmail.com where you can answer our mailbag question or anything else and we might read it on the show. So our question last week was, uh, what do you think of shiny Pokemon? Because we talked about shiny Pokemon and which ones are cool and which ones aren't. Uh, and we love to hear from you guys. Of course, as always, this segment is brought to you by the fictional energy drink, Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Shiny hooves, because we're talking about shinies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as always, we'll give out the Green Taurus badge to anybody who uh, sparks the most conversation or makes us feel happy. Woo. All right. So our first email today is going to come to us from JD Hatcher 11. Seth, you've got this. <clears throat> you bet I do. Hello, Puckle crew. I've recently started listening to the podcast around four episodes ago, and this is my first time emailing. Here is my top five list of shiny Pokemon, though I must admit I'm a sucker for black color schemes. Starting off at number five, Umbreon. My downright favorite evolution also has an amazing shiny. The colors complement each other incredibly, giving an overall amazing look. Number four. Hisuian Samurad. Hey, good timing. That's our Pokemon of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like they knew. An awesome Pokemon with great competitive use. It looks even better as a shiny, which makes up for its regular form's terrible shiny. That's funny. True. Number three, Palafin. An interesting Pokemon already. Its zero form shiny isn't great, but the hero form looks great. Number two, Greninja, an awesome Pokemon on its own. It looks even better as a shiny. It's also pretty good competitively, even with the protein nerf. And finally, number one, Aegislash, an amazing Pokemon with an amazing shiny. The colors complement each other well, and even its pre-evos look cool. This all adding on to the fact that it's already one of the coolest mons ever. I think we specifically talked about that one last week on the show, too. I remember Whimsicott mentioning it. He is not kidding about the black color scheme. They all have black color schemes. It, yeah, they do. <laughs> I don't think Samurott does technically, but... It, it undoes the black color scheme. It does start. It starts black. Uh, so, like, Umbreon also starts black, but like, Hisuian, Shiny Hisuian Samurott goes from black to white. It goes from Hisuian Samurott to regular Samurott. That's what I love about the Hisuian starter shinies, is they go back to their base forms. Yeah. They they just they just revert to the normal, yeah. Yeah, they just go back to normal. That's true. Anyway, he says, thanks for reading, guys. Thank you so much for being such a fun part of my week. Stay awesome. J.D. Hatcher 11. All right. Well, next one is going to be, I think it's me. Yes. You got big print. Big print, yes. Hey, Puckle Crew, a big print here, giving my apologies in advance, because this turned out to be a pretty long email. But there's some fun internet history and Pokemon factoids involved. I know. That's why I wanted to. <laughs> In the latest episode, you guys were talking about the horrid Go stamp that's attached to Pokemon transferred from Go into Home. Personally, I agree with your takes. I hate the way it looks, but I recently found out that hardcore collectors see the scarlet letter that is the Go stamp as a badge of honor. Yeah. So before I explain, here's a little backstory on my Pokemon history. I used to be one of those hardcore collectors back in the Gen 4 and 5 eras, posting on the GameFAQs and Cerebee forums, trying to collect as many special event Pokemon as I could. I'm sure a lot of people at the time were doing the same, and it probably doesn't sound hardcore, that hardcore, but I took it to an extreme for a 14 question mark year old boy. <laughs> I was in the trenches on those forums trying to collect every possible nature of an event, every possible region slash language the event Pokemon came from, making sure they were untouched untouched meaning that they were never used and they were just set in boxes like pristine trophies in a trophy case 
<laughs> I love it. You know what? You know what I hate about that email is like I know what he means. We all know that. Yeah, I, 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 I like I know what he means. Yeah, I, I understand that. I'm just oh, oh, I'm just imagining going through that and just oh. Myself and most everyone on the forums were obsessed with legitimacy. So so much so that many trades were cancelled on the spot after seeing something as banal as the moves of the Pokemon being in the wrong order than what they were supposed to be. <laughs> or if there was ever a sliver of XP gained on the Pokemon, thus making it no longer untouched and not worthy of my trade. Oh my God. Just on the off chance of it being hacked or gen. I went so far as to create detailed spreadsheets with all the data of all the event Pokemon I collected so I could prove their legitimacy in a turn uh, and in turn share my wares with other fellow collectors and potential trade partners. Fast forward to present day, when I'm trying to finally put together my living decks. I've fallen out of the games here and there, so I was missing quite a few Pokemon, especially a lot of the event-only mythicals, and was dipping back into the online trading game. Event Pokemon are still widely traded as I expected, but what I didn't expect was the stranglehold on the trade boards that Ghost Stamp Shiny Pokemon had. The Ghost Stamp Shiny Pokemon are so sought after because that Ghost Stamp serves as a certificate of authenticity. Oh... With Go being the only Pokemon game that can't have hacked or gen Pokemon, any shiny Pokemon with the Go stamp is a 100% legal, non-hacked, non-genned Pokemon. Uh, I, I don't think that's actually accurate, but continue. <laughs> the other thing about them is that the ones with the, the ones still in Go are even more sought after. Why, you ask? Well, fun fact, Pokemon caught in Go don't have an OT. When you transfer a Pokemon from Pokemon Go to home... Those Pokemon take the OT of the home account you sent them into. In home, you can change your account name as many times as you want, so people request that you change your name in home to their desired OT. <laughs> uh, since the Pokemon they want from Go, they want from Go to home, then commence with the trade of their 100% new 100% legitimate custom OT Pokemon. Interesting. Uh, I guess the Go is okay. Like if they're in Go first, then that makes sense. Yes. Sorry for all that reading. Anyway, I was relatively easy for me to finish the decks by trading off a bunch of useless to me shinies I had in Go for a rare event Pokemon I had missed out on. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> Definitely some hoops to jump through, but it was pretty nice to do all the trading I needed to do to finish my living decks from my phone by using Go at home in between tasks. At How work. interesting. But if you, like, show somebody, like, on your phone, like, you have it on Go, like, it, I don't think you can put a Pokemon, I don't think you can hack a Pokemon into Go, uh, because it's all server-side. No, definitely you can't. I don't think you could hack it into Go. I don't believe that the way to do that. All right. Uh, so I say go for that living deck snatch. You too, Whimsy Cotton Seth. It can be done. <laughs> it can be done. Just make sure you change your home name back to your OT before you redeem that the gift Magirna you received for completing the home decks. I redeemed, redeemed it right after doing the last custom OT trade I did. And that's how I ended up with the Magirna with the OT Poopy Whoopy instead of my own OT. <laughs> 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 Love the show, gang. Keep it up. <laughs> Big print. P.S. My favorite shiny is Teddy Ursa slash Ursa Ring. I love stupid and ugly shinies. <laughs> That's... All right. Our last one is going to be from Gigasaurus Games, and I believe you got this one, Shamu. All right. I got this one. Hello, Puckle Crew. The talk about shiny Pokemon this week actually caused me more thoughts than I was expecting, so I thought this would be a great time to write in and share my thoughts. The biggest thought I had was on the random encounter discussion. On one hand, my first ever shiny, now long lost, was a shiny Wingle in Pokemon Sapphire. Aww. And I was recently super hyped as I started playing Pokemon Moon for the first time and found a shiny Pichu on Route 1. All, all on random encounters where I had no expectations at all. Because of this, I, I definitely f understand how exciting it is to find a random encounter shinies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Sadalu the Sadalu is like the first ever shiny, of course. But like, yeah, like the random encounter ones are just super nice to like stumble upon. They're so you cool. You just don't expect it, and it's just a shock. Uh, on the other hand, I do really enjoy the double takes that overworld shiny result, overworld shinies result, blah, 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 result in. My first shiny in Pokemon Violet was an Earthworm, which was a nice, cool color blue shiny. <laughs> when I first saw it, I stared at it and tried to decide if I was really seeing it before entering battle, and and it was very exciting to discover it was actually a shiny. And it really does feel like it makes a lot makes it a lot easier to find those exciting random shinies when all the encounters are visible on the overworld. As a result, I actually think I come down to the side of liking the new format more than the old from the point of view of regular gameplay. Uh, off topic, I went to NAIC last weekend, and I had so much fun and did well enough inside of us that I'm now thinking about I'm going to attend the 2024 regional that happens to be in my present city of residence. Yeah! We'll see how that goes. Regionals are fun. They're always fun. Which city is that? We need to find out now. <laughs> Thank you for the one all for the wonderful show and incredible work you do every week. And I hope you all have a great day. Gigasaurus Games. All right. Well, Green Taurus Badge, before I forget. I like Big Print. I do like Big Print, too. I yeah. like the story. I love stories. That was a fun story. That was a fun story. I think Big Print gets it. I agree. Big Print, you get that. You get that Green Taurus Badge. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm still shocked that people, I'm, I'm still shocked with like the ghost stamp is like hardcore collectors. Like I get it. It's just like, oh. Me too. Yeah. I understand it. Cause if you show it on Pokemon Go, if you show it on Pokemon Go and you can confirm you have it on Go. Yeah. If you can show, yeah. It's like, here's, here's it from Go. Here it is in the game. It's got the stamp here and it's like, okay. Yep. That's a, I totally understand that. Yeah. It's definitely a better check than a lot of other things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a very cool idea. Yeah, so you get it. You get it, Big Print. Get that Green Taurus badge, but also send me more internet history stories. I like them. <laughs> I really like them. But yeah, if you want to if you want to keep up with us uh, throughout the week, well, next week, if you want to email us, first of all, at PucklePodcast.gmail.com, let us know if you have any favorite cards uh, from recent TCG sets. Uh, we'd love to hear it. Um, original, or not the original, but 151 is coming out soon, and I think that's going to get a lot of people back into it, in all honesty. Like, if you thought the explosion of people getting into cards now was good, like, my friends uh, my friends that went to NAIC with me, I showed them that that set was coming out, and they were just like, maybe I'll buy that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. They haven't bought anything in years. Uh, so, that like, I'm just letting you know, like, 151, I think, is going to bring out a lot of collectors. Oh, it will. And I believe I gave Big Print the role. To, I he's on the, he's on the server. I assume it's the right person. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, yeah, uh, if you want to keep up, up with us throughout the week, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, be on the Discord, so check us out at PuckleDiscord.com. You can, of course, uh, follow us on Twitter for now, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, together, you, I, I also gave, made us a Threads account. I don't know how that's going to work, though. Yeah, we'll see. I'm waiting. I'm waiting a week to see if people, if people, can, if it can hold the attention span of the internet. Yeah, we're in a state of flux, folks. <laughs> Yes. Yay. And then, of course, you can always uh, f- uh, follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. I try to stream every Thursday right now. Uh, we're doing uh, my global lock still. We had a lot of deaths this week. A lot of deaths. Oh, uh, no. Because it's been, a ver- it's been a very long time since I played Red and Blue to, like, remember, like, the <laughs> trainers that would be dangerous. And so, like, without thinking about it, I hit the uh, – in Mount Moon, there's this one guy that has, like, a level 16 Raticate oh, um, no. in Mount Moon. And so it just, oh. like – tore through my t- it's red and blue as well so like it's yeah. speed stat so high that it just crit oh yeah, yeah. 
Forgot about that um, mechanic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's red and blue, so it's it's just disgusting. Redicate's also um, just scary. It's like for low end mon, it's like yes, it's got it's a good scary. enough attack stab. It's it's uh yeah, it's kind it's of scary. Very scary. But yeah, uh, follow us on Twitch to watch more of that uh more more nonsense. More of that train wreck. Just <laughs> yeah, more of that train wreck that is the global luck. Uh, additionally, I think I'm gonna have to change the rules. In all honesty, uh, or there's gonna be just like no way to play the games after this one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, additionally, you can go ahead and, uh, uh, follow us over at YouTube to get, uh, video content over there that may be coming soon. We'll find out. Uh, additionally, uh, if you want to help support the show, you can do so by one, going to trollandtoad.com to make all of your TCG purchases at, uh, and using code pucklepod5 at checkout. Thank you to everybody who's used it so far. Um, it's a great way to go get some cool sealed product over, over at, uh, Troll and Toad. Additionally, you, you can go ahead and, uh, Support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast and get a host of rewards. We're working on a lot of different things. So please uh, do that if necessary. Uh, or not if necessary, but if you would like to do that. <laughs> it's late. I'm, I'm burning out. I'm losing my, I'm losing my, uh, my, my tempo. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> until next time, I have been Trainer Thatch. I've been Shamu. And I've been Seth Milo. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.